let's go, Bastages. <laughs> and take down that Fargan wall and take down that Fargan wall over there. And with that, episode 241 of the PS Nation podcast. We're a little loopy tonight, folks. We, uh, we just we can't even get the show started. We've been sitting here BSing for a good half an hour already. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be a little weird tonight. Uh, with you once again, all three of us. And we actually have a special guest tonight as well. Uh, you, can, uh, you can call me Torgo. I'm Glenn. And you can find me over on the PSN as Torgo or on Twitter at PS3Nation. These guys use that account too, though. Uh, also, <laughs> Joel Shafinsky's back with a passion. You can find him on PSN as Five Spot and on Twitter at Five Spot Joel. Hey, buddy. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you, Torgo. <laughs> you might as well call me that. Everybody else calls me that. <laughs> I've been using that since the first Quake game on- online. Yeah, and uh, the quiet one over there in Joyzy, that's Philip J. Fry on PSN, at PJF Josh on Twitter. We know him as just Josh. That's me. <laughs> Not just Josh, the Josh. The Josh. He's kind of like the Ohio State. Just cause. Oh, God. Josh. It oh, had no. to happen already. Oh, man. Ugh. <laughs> uh. I All right, told well, you, there can be no discussion of that game without my name being mentioned. It's contractual. <laughs> I told you there, there's probably a trigger on Twitter.com itself, so if anybody actually says Just Cause 2, they suggest to follow you. I swear it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, guy's more, this guy does more for us than our PR firm. Just follow Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and contrary to popular belief, PS Nation, of course, the first podcast in PlayStation Home with a t-shirt. Just uh, letting everybody know. <laughs> Which means we're actually the coolest PlayStation podcast, right? Okay. Yep. So uh, on the on the coolest PlayStation plot podcast this week, or podcast, whatever uh, you, you prefer, a ton, holy balls, a ton of new releases, a couple of news items, what we're playing. Uh, Ray, our buddy Ray, you heard him when we uh, went to the Sky, or the, uh, the Sky, when we went to the Starhawk event. Uh, Ray, one of our writers, is on with us to talk some Skyrim, first impressions of Skyrim. Uh, we didn't get it early enough to get the uh, review out, so first impressions are all you get tonight. Uh, review of House of the Dead Overkill Extended Edition. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about our Skylanders review up on the website. A couple of emails, no, one voicemail actually, and a bunch of other silliness, I'm sure. So, uh, Joel, take a deep breath, maybe drink a little bit of water really quick, because you got a long list to get through here, man. all right this is the new release list highlights (laughs) (laughs) i'm not reading them all because there's a there's too many to list and there's a bunch of rehashes next week a bunch of games that have been out already and are coming out with extended versions or dlc included and all sorts of goodies but we'll stick to some of the highlights the, the the new games First on the list, and this isn't a game, but it's coming next week, the PlayStation 3D display. Oh, yeah. Is being released to retail. It is 500 bucks in the U.S., and of course, comes with a game, glasses, and the display. So, not a bad deal. A very good price for a entry-level 3D monitor. Uh, I'd actually say it's better than entry-level, honestly. I'm just saying, uh, you're probably right. I'm saying entry-level based on price. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think I'd it's an actual TV, based too, on isn't size. it? Yeah, well, size, it's 20, yeah. It's a 24 it's tiny. That's tiny. It's not, it's not tiny. That's why I play my PS3 on whenever I stream anything. That's tiny. 
Well, of course, we have 50-inch plasmas, but for for a, a frat, or not even a frat, you know, like a dorm room or whatever else, this thing's perfect. It's tiny. You're tiny. <laughs> You're tiny. <laughs> of, course, of course, our 50-plus-inch TVs weren't nearly as inexpensive. <laughs> very but, true, very true. But my thing with this is the glasses come out as well. And they keep saying, and it keeps saying it everywhere, that the glasses are universal for active 3D TVs, active display 3D TVs. I want to know if they're actually going to work for my TV, because if they do, that's a nice cheap pair of glasses. Hmm. That's interesting. I have a Sony 3D monitor, and they look like the exact same glasses that I have. I wouldn't doubt it. So and that's See, the second, um, second generation of their 3D gl- active glasses. The first ones are a little uncomfortable, kind of pinch the nose area a little too much with the bridge yeah. that they have on there. These are more comfortable, and these also have rechargeable batteries, the second generation ones. The first ones, you have to replace the battery. And these also have the cool little PlayStation logo on the side. Ah, uh, these, these are the same I, price as the ones that I've been buying for my display without the PlayStation logo wait, on it. So your I, glasses are only 70 bucks. Holy shit. Wow. Same exact okay. price. I think mine See, I'm tempted. Yeah. What's that? They are. They're 150 for us. And I'm tempted to, Holy at some shit. point, pick these up from Amazon. And if they don't work, I'll just return them. You know? Well, or at least me. try them out. Let me, let, me, let me contact PR, and I'll see if they can send over a, a pair of them for us to try. How about that? There you go. Or, okay. A pair yeah. for me to try. And when they're well, all done, we send them over to the guy that's got the Sony display. <laughs> We're all around the same the, age. We can share, except for with Joel, because he's a duty head. That's right. And yep. I think this monitor comes with the glasses as well. Comes with I didn't mention that earlier. One pair, I think, yeah. Yeah, you did. Let's, you mentioned it. No, for 500 bucks though, the game, the monitor, the glasses, it's a hell of a deal. Yeah, they're, that monitor was cool when we saw it. I, I really was impressed with it, especially yeah. being able nice. to play two-player on the same screen. It's not in 3D when you do that, but... You both look at the screen and you both see your side of the game. Yeah. It's a really Definitely neat Definitely nice. Yeah. That is neat. On to the games. This Assassin's Creed Revelations, which I've heard now, what's the acronym that we're seeing? Ascred Rev? As in it, yeah, Ascred Rev. Ascred Rev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we're pissing off a few people, that's why I'm going to say it all the time. <laughs> well, why not just say the whole thing? It's already a mouthful. Ascred Rev. <laughs> <laughs> Assassin's Creed Revelations. Are you saying Ezio's doing... a mouthful? <laughs> oh man, I walked right into that one. <laughs> Jason will be doing a review on this one in the near future, and boy is he excited. Uh, excited is an understatement, yeah. <laughs> He's an Assassin's Creed aficionado, so <laughs> we should we should have some good coverage comparing it to the last games and being right in the right in the series. He's played well, a well, I hope this works out a little bit better than uh, Curse Crusade, then. <laughs> I don't know. That's when the reviews are fun, when the game is bad. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. You can make, you can make it fun. <laughs> I think Jason's actually rubbing his nipples in anticipation right now. I think so, too, in some candlelit vigil, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Problem is, he lives in the sticks, so I couldn't get him the game tomorrow. I has to wait until Friday. I think they take it up by burro. <laughs> and just like that, Jason's now moving his family closer. Because <laughs> that one day is probably going to kill him on this game, and he's so excited. <laughs> so we'll, hopefully, we, I think he even has expressed an interest to come on the show and talk about it as well. So we can hopefully get him out in the near future, and then we'll look for his review up soon. 
Yeah. I'm sure he'll play he'll play through it quickly. He probably won't even sleep until he's done with this one. Yeah. We I played it yesterday, next... but I can't talk about it. We also have Saints Row the Third coming out next week. We probably won't be reviewing this game. Yeah, I don't know. Have you guys played any of the prior and have any interest? Yeah. Josh I've... has got his name on it for review. <laughs> I don't think I've... we're getting one. Oh, yeah, I doubt we are. But I've I've played some of the first two and they're fun. I mean, they're they're more of an what GTA used to be, mm-hmm. you know, before you had to to go out on dates with your friends and go bowling with your friends and things like that. It's just the more <laughs> pure fun of just running around and blowing stuff up and doing just completely over the top crazy stuff. So, I was interested in this definitely, but yeah. Meh. Yeah, it looks to be even more over the top than the last one, if that's even possible. And, the, and they yeah. already said four is going to be way over the top, over three. Which, how much more over the top can you be? It's it's going to get to the point where it's just nothing but uh, like midgets and strippers. Yeah, I found that odd timing for them to say that now. This game isn't yeah. even out yet, and they're already saying it's okay to say they're making a four because that's not a secret. Because it's just obvious every game gets sequels beyond sequels beyond sequels, especially if they sell. <laughs> but why why are you saying before three is out that four is going to be even more over the top? I mean, reading between the lines, are they saying that this one isn't as over the top as you might think it is? And that's why they're already saying that four is going to be that much more over the top? It was weird timing. Yeah. I don't know why they would say that. Well, they got to fund all those broken red faction games somehow. <laughs> Sell more Saints Row. That might be it. Need for Speed the Run. Ooh. Oh, this is another one. Yeah, I really want this one. And speaking of which, Cannonball Run is coming out on Blu-ray next week. Yes, it is. Love that movie. Oh, Did you hear they want to remake that? Yeah. God damn they it. Need some, they need some sort of game merger <laughs> with the Cannonball Run movie franchise. They need, need for Speed, Cannonball Run. That's what I want. They can't remake that, though. That's one of those movies that you just can't recapture that magic of... No. That huge monster cast that was in it. I agree. Now it's going to be also remaking. I just heard today. Sorry, Glenn. Go ahead. They're they're remaking Evil Dead again. Evil Dead Two was a remake of Evil Dead. Yeah, actually, you you do know Joel that that that's been going around for like four years. Well, yeah, it's been rumored. Yeah, but now I heard that that Ash isn't going to be in it. It's going to be a different set of characters, but with a similar storyline. So it's revolving around the Necronomicon. But it's throwing a bunch of new characters at it, and there's no Ash. Because mm. every time Just they talk to Ash, Dan yeah. Kutcher. Oh Ugh. God! I hope not. <laughs> Maybe he can wear that stupid knit hat that he always wears now. You know, it's funny too. Speaking of Ashton Kutcher, I've been thinking about buying a camera after we rented that one uh, back in June. That that D, that big ass D7 or whatever from Canon, and I was looking at a Nikon, also like a really nice DSLR that Nikon does. And then uh, I was home that night, and I saw that stupid Nikon commercial for the point-and-shoots with Ashton Kutcher. I'm like, yep, I'm getting the Canon. Anybody that employs Ashton Kutcher, I don't want anything from him. I really don't. So, yes, I hate Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, can't stand him. <laughs> well, maybe, no, he'll I, be a, maybe he'll be an additional character in the next game, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom, which they're just throwing all sorts of additional characters at, so... <laughs> I really hate how Capcom keeps doing this. You know, you've got Street Fighter 4, then they bring out Super Street Fighter 4, and then they have DLC for arcade mode, 
with the additional characters, and now you know they had Marvel vs. Capcom three. Now they have Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three. It's it's kind of shitty because people keep buying all the stuff. Yeah, but even the Street Fighter community, which obviously Retroids has got a large one, yeah, even they're sort of like um, sighing, like, oh no. <laughs> well, I mean, MVC has always been kind of that that more frantic fighting game that's not real technical like it like uh, Street Fighter 4 or whatever. Uh, I mean, obviously you can get technical because you keep wanting to try to make these bigger and bigger combos. But still, MVC has always been about button mashing. And the game's cool, but I didn't. I never even bought MVC 3. I just kind of passed it by. I got my copy from Guzax, and I don't think I played it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you spell Guzax? What's the website? Because everybody always asks when you bring it up. You know what's odd? All right, G-O-O-Z-E-X. And the weird thing is, somebody found me on there. Somebody, because my my handle on there has nothing to do with the podcast or anything, but somebody somehow figured it out and sent me a private message and said, I think this is you. If it is you, thanks for turning me on to this place, because like, I got a bunch of great stuff. That's cool. <laughs> of course, let me find out his name on Guzex is Just, just Cause 2 Lover. <laughs> Chunky Lover 37 at AOL. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Yeah. So, Marvel vs. Capcom with more characters, more stuff. It's a little bit cheaper than last time. There you have it. Indeed. Raymond Origin- Origins. I almost said Originals. Raymond Origins. Origins. Uh, <laughs> I have this, and I think the embargo actually lifts on the 10th, but. I just got it, so I, I won't have the review up like everybody else does. I'll have it up this weekend, hopefully. A bunch of move titles also next week. I guess it's yeah. move week. Medieval Moves, Deadman's Quest, Sweet. Carnival Island, and iPet and Friends. iPet and Friends? Didn't, didn't Josh just put something up on the website for that game? I certainly did. Oh. It's a whole video interview with the producer. Uh, that we just kind of fell into. Yes. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's when we awesome. Quote unquote snuck into the SCEE room uh, at E3 and we're just walking around like, holy crap, I can play the Vita here and just walk right up to it and start playing. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah, we, we had an interview with uh, Tom Gillow, who is the franchise producer for the iPad series. And it's pretty cool because he had two of his people just playing around and showing off some of the new things you can do in the game. Uh, with your multiple characters. And actually, on the website, somebody wrote a very lengthy set of questions. <laughs> I I do have an answer for one of them. I know for a fact that there is no online play, unfortunately. Right. Uh, which would have been perfect for this. You know, you can have two pets on screen at once, and you do online play. And Yeah, but whose background would show? Exactly. I mean, that's kind of the hard part, is how you sort of work that out um but the other question is actually a really good one i'm i'm kicking myself for not asking this while we were standing there but the other question is will it allow multiple psn account logins because you've got two pets on screen so yeah i could always uh send an email to pr and try to find that stuff out yeah i think that's what we need to do because I would like to know that. That's and the moment he said, "Oh, you've got two pets on screen." My, I was just so scrambled from the whole day, and that we were 
<laughs> that we had snuck into this room and everything. I was just like, oh, oh great, that's awesome. <laughs> I I couldn't even think straight. That should have been the first question out of my mouth. And I was just mesmerized by that everybody dance game. Yeah. And you actually finished, yeah. and you're all, all of a sudden I hear, Glenn, Glenn, huh? what? <laughs> Turn off the recording. <laughs> well, it just I, I was just mesmerized because I didn't know what this game was really. I didn't know if it was Thingstar Dance or what, and... I saw these people trying to play it, and I, I just, you know, I've got the camera. I'm kind of looking through, through the viewfinder, and then I look over, and what the hell's going on over here? And yeah, I was I was a little uh, distracted. I guess the word is. There you go. That is all the new releases I mentioned earlier. There's uh, Little Big Planet Two. Did I mention that? No, you didn't. You that was before. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking this for so long. This is why we shouldn't talk so much before we record. Exactly. But there's a couple games with re-releases and extra content. Heavy Rain, Director's Cut, Little Big Planet 2, with I'm assuming a bunch of downloadable content included, uh, Move Controls, and um, L.A. Noir is having yeah. a complete collection also because there's been a ton of DLC for that. Indeed. There you have it. Nothing on the PS2 or the PSP. Except for the game that I mentioned last week on the show early, which is... <laughs> that I didn't see PS. that I was supposed to edit out until after I got the show completely edited. Next time I'll email you. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't look at the, I don't look at our agenda. And all of a sudden I'm like, da, 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 da. I went to put all the stuff over. There, like, oh, I just edited that out, huh? Oh well. <laughs> yeah, I was a week early on that, but those are hitting PS2 and uh, PSP next week. Yep. All right, on to news, and uh, I think Josh, you, didn't you download this? DC I did, and I still haven't played it yet. And that's <laughs> making me nuts. Jeez. I really want to play this. DC Universe adds 120,000 players the moment they go free to play. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, people are looking for free. That's awesome. And well, that's, that, I, that's only the PC version. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, PS3, I'm sure there are plenty of players that jumped in on the PS3. Uh, and it's got... You know, it's got that free-to-play part, and then there's all kinds of stuff that you can buy into as you get into the game. But this is the type of game, uh, when this first came out, I played it at E3, what, 2010? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was really cool, but at the same time, I thought, there's no way I'm paying a monthly fee on this, because I'm I'm never going to get enough out of it. But, that was my fear. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, too. I was pretty blown away by it, but then... Uh... I'm like I'm not. I'm just not going to pay per month. But and then they had that beta out for a while, so I played the beta. But once I actually got in with real people, I, I kind of get shy. I'm like, eh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It's a great way to do it. I think it's nice that I guess they made enough money off the initial round of people that they said, you know what, we can do this and we can move to this different model where. You know, it's the game itself is free. It's free to start playing and everything, and you can do certain things in there, but if you want to do some of the more advanced stuff or have more characters or this or that, you pay into it at that point, and you yeah. just pay to, to, to buy all that stuff. And that's cool. That's a really nice way to do it because it gives somebody like me more of a chance to just go in and play every now and then because there's no way I would have bought this. I I just wouldn't pay a monthly fee for this. Right. It's just not for me. I I don't have the time. But with this, it's great. 
You know, I'll jump in and maybe I will. I keep seeing that Green Lantern pack and I'm like, ooh, that'd be cool. (laughs) But that's like 10 bucks, you know, and I'm like, they might get me. I'd have to try it out, though, again and set up a character. I just don't have the time. Interesting anecdote on this one. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet earlier today. But this, I knew this was coming or was going to be free. So when I was preparing my extra life patches and all that stuff, I decided to you know load this to my hard drive and get ready to play it. It was a game I wanted to play during extra life. I figured since the game was going to be free here in the near you know within thirty days, I think it was in, within a week or so at the time I signed up, I won't get charged. I got signed up for premium, unbeknownst to me. So just. Just because I initiated my subscription before it became free, they switched me over to premium, apparently, I'm assuming, because my PSN got charged today. So I'm at work. It's, it's late morning. I'm at work. I'm checking my email during my lunch break, and I have an email saying that funds have just been added to my PlayStation account. I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't buy anything today. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> You know, so I I get a little worried. I'm like, shit, is my PlayStation account hacked? What the hell's going on here? So I check the email, and, you know, money's added. And then I check the, the other email, which tells you what you bought. You know, and I, you know, we've just re-upped your monthly subscription for fourteen ninety nine, And we've charged your checking oh. account, which is, the, which is the card I have associated with my account. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, I, I, so a little surprise there. It shouldn't affect anybody, because if you sign up now, you're going to sign up for the freebie. Just be careful. I guess when you sign up that you're not <laughs> signing up for the premium. It's all my fault because I was a little proactive in getting ahead of the curve with the freebie, but I have to admit a little surprised that I was charged for the 15 bucks. <laughs> so not my that intention sucks. to have a premium account. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. You know, I might reach out to Sony for assistance or oh, reach wait, out dude, to my you gotta, Now you got to get in there and start playing the game and, and like level way the hell up so you can walk around and go, premium bitches, woo! <laughs> Maybe I should. I should get Actually, at least my, my first month's of $15 worth before I turn it down man. and turn it off. You're as bad as uh, Josh on Audible.com. Oh, yeah, that was bad. But at least that was, like, very cheap. Um, this reminds me, I've been having some weirdness with my uh, PlayStation account. The store, you know, because one of the news items that we're about to talk about with the upcoming change to your licensing agreements and everything. I thought, well, you know, there's those couple of games that I was thinking of buying. I should probably buy them now. Yeah. And I tried to buy them and it says, you know, add funds to your wallet, you know, use the credit card on file. And it almost immediately says funds could not be added. I'm like, okay, I back out try it again funds cannot be added okay hmm. maybe something's wrong with you know PSN so I try it again the next day same thing so I go into the account management look at the card make sure it's all correct I put it in again a second time same thing so I hmm. call up my credit card company and I say what's going on here why is there something wrong with my card and they say we don't see any charges hitting us at all so nobody's oh. even trying to charge you hmm. huh and she's like, you should probably, do, do you want to call Sony and, and find out? I was like, I don't even know. She's like, no, I can do that right now. Let me get them on the line. I was like, oh, well, well, okay. Cool. <laughs> she got them on the line. I guess they deal with, you know, a lot of people. And mm-hmm. 
the person from Sony comes on the line. She's like, yeah, did you try entering your account again? I was like, yes, I did, I did uh, all that. I know what I'm doing. She's like, okay, well, I'm not seeing script, anything. Um, yeah, she's like, I'm not seeing anything down on our side. So, you know, maybe you should just buy some PlayStation Network cards. I'm like, oh, great, thanks. Okay, great. <laughs> so, there, no, no resolution at all. I went and I put in a different credit card. That worked once. And then that started showing me funds could not be added, funds could not be added. Weird. I didn't so, have a problem. And it's, you know, it's my account. So it doesn't matter what PlayStation I'm using. It doesn't matter when I'm using it. It just won't go through for some reason. It, it went through once on a new card, and then it hasn't gone through since. So I have to buy... PlayStation Network cards. I, I haven't heard of this happening to anybody. Like no, this is weird. a whole weird new thing. I think you were blacklisted because you weren't the first podcast to have a T-shirt at home. <laughs> that might have something to do with it. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because I didn't buy the Just Cause Two avatars when they came out, and they're like, "Oh no, 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 no! If you're not buying them, you don't get anything." <laughs> Jeez. No, I've never heard of that happening to anybody. We haven't even seen emails from anybody for that. Yeah, it's weird. So if anybody listening has had this happen, please send us an email because I'd like to know if I'm alone in this or or if this is actually some sort of problem that's happening to people out there because I haven't heard about this, read about this anywhere. It just huh. started happening in the last week or two when I, you know, when the news came out and I said I should buy something. I, I know it sounds stupid, but all, on all of your PS3s, go to the internet browser and clear the cache. Hmm. Huh. Because they may have changed something or something might have changed on your network. So just go to the browser and do the clear cache and see if that fixes it. I'll try that. Yeah. Like, I know, I, I, it, it sounds stupid, but that fixes a lot of things, actually. Anyway. All right. What were we talking about? Oh, well, we were Josh, talking about this next e- <laughs> Yeah, Josh had the, the perfect segue there, so I think exactly. we should just carry it on. <sighs> the sharing. <laughs> they, they changed the sharing, or they're about to, on November 18th. Yeah. And right now, if you don't know, uh, you can share with up to five PS3s. Now, what this means is if you've got two PS3s and you buy downloadable content, you can download it to both PS3s with just paying the one price or the right. one fee. So Pixel Junk Side Scroller, $9.99. You have more than one PS3, you can download it to the other PS3s with up to five. If you have a PS3 that dies and you haven't used all of your, your five share, you get a new PS3, you go and buy one without working through Sony and having them fix it, then you can use that as one of your shares and just get all the downloadable content that you've already purchased. Now what yeah. Sony is doing is they're changing that policy to a little bit tighter of a setup, and they're taking the five shares down to two. God. And this is, this is also applicable to the PSP, because the PSP had a very similar setup, and I believe was also at five for sharing. But yeah, effective the 18th of November, they're going to cha- change that and reduce that down to two. The good news is that if you buy anything prior to 1118, you should still be able to share with the other PS3s if you've got more than two or one or two that you're, you're using like that. Right after after the eighteenth, you will not you know you you'll only be allowed to put that game license on two consoles. Yeah, that it's is really all. Sucks they for are, me. 
It does suck. They're also going for to, all three of us. Really. Yeah, it does. They're going to put up a new website, apparently, like a portal where you can go in and deactivate yeah, PS3s if, if this is problematic for you. However, that won't be ready, from what I understand, by the 18th. What the fuck was that five years ago? I mean, so uh, you're, yeah, no shit. So you're going to probably have to go through Sony if this is problematic, at least in the interim, until they get the the self service website no, for you to deactivate. Well, it's not. It's not going to be a problem right off the bat because what happens is. Say somebody like me, I have three PS3s here in the house, and I yeah. use all three of them, and I, I've put content on all three of them. Yep. Uh, I have one PS3 that died, and that was most likely never deactivated because it was sent to Sony, but it, you know, who knows whether it was or not. If you send it to them, they, they're supposed to deactivate that one. Supposed to. But, yeah. All right, so after November 18th, what happens is when you download something and install it. The first PS3 you download it on and install it, that becomes PS3 number one. Your your activated PS3 number one. Then the next one you download to, that's activated PS3 number two, as far as your account is concerned. And those are your two PS3s that are activated and can use any downloaded content from that point forward. You can deactivate and then go activate the other one and download it there and God, that's you know be such you, a fucking mess exactly you can jump through hoops and have it on all three of your ps3s again but it becomes a huge pain in the ass for somebody like me who has three ps3s that i use you know so the other thing that came up uh ray asked um but we didn't bring it up here you get two PS3s and two portable devices, two PSPs, but that includes the Vita. So you'll have one PSP, one Vita. If you have two PSPs, forget it. You know, you have one PSP, one Vita, and that's it. Yeah. So you get two yeah. of each, and and this is just the way it's going to be from now on. And, you know, you, Glenn had said earlier when we were talking about it that, you know, we're in the minority, but... I got into a huge argument about this on Twitter when the news came out, and uh, Scott from Welcome to the Goo was also involved in this, and he mentioned in the middle of it that, you know, just looking through forum posts and things like that, that more people have three PS3s than even he realized. Yeah. Because that seemed to be a lot of people's arguments is that, hey, wait a second, I have three because, like me, it was bought as a nice Blu-ray player and for network, you know, the the networking stuff where you can do your video, your music, your photos and everything on all your TVs. And, oh, and by the way, it also plays games. How awesome yeah, yeah. is that? Yeah. You know, so... I mean, for somebody like me, for somebody like you, um, you even more so, because you have... You have more four. PS3s. Yeah, you have four with the debug. Yeah, yeah. I, it becomes a real problem. It becomes a real hassle. It, it, for, I mean, for me, what I'm going to have to do is... Uh, I mean, Luckily, I mean, with the debug, it doesn't affect me because I can't get to the store on the debug. But uh, I I own, I've bought three PS3s, and, and two of them are here in the house. One of them's at my parents' house because they wanted a high-def, you know, a Blu-ray player. So I bought them a Blu-ray player for Christmas one year, but I also game on that. That's why I... I was like, hey, this is the best of both worlds. Now when I go there for Christmas or whatever, I've got a PS3 I can play. 
So I've got a ton of my games on there as well. And and and, and the other part of it is, and, and this is where we're in the minor, minority, but it's something that we use almost every day for, for the podcast and for the website. And that is when we get you know PSN vouchers for review copies, we put it on a shared account so that all of us can try it since we don't, we don't live anywhere close to each other. I mean, if we were in the same office, it wouldn't be a problem, but you know, this isn't our job. So this really kind of screws us as well, and we're going to have to be a lot more uh, deliberate about who's going to be reviewing what now for PSN titles. Uh, because you know, once they're downloaded twice, that's it. I'm not going to sit here and deactivate my PS3 all the time because somebody else was going to review the game and we didn't realize it. You know, it, it's, and it's not like us stealing. It's legitimate use of that voucher, and half the time we end up buying the game if we like it anyway. Pixel Junk uh, Side Scroller is a perfect example. So it really it screws us quite a bit. And the whole PSP thing, I own three PSP, uh, PSPs. I have a 2,000, a 3,000, and a Go. So now I've got to be more specific about that, especially since I'm going to be getting a Vita. I mean, I, I, I get why they're doing it. I think they're getting a lot of pressure from developers. But at the same time, this is the precedent that's been set for so long. And for them to change it at this venture really kind of sucks. For, for yeah. me, at least. I, I think they're changing it now because the Vita is coming, and yeah. and that's all part of it. And the Vita has trophies, and there's going to be game saves See, going back and forth between games the Vita and things shouldn't like count. that. And, that's why the Vita yeah. should not count against the PSPs, because the Vita is a different platform. It's a totally different platform. Don't you think they are also getting some shit behind the closed doors from other publishers? Oh, I'm sure they are. You yeah, know, like absolutely. I, we, could, we could make more money potentially here if, you know, so it's... There's no way I'm buying the game three times for my three PS3s. There's no fucking no. way. No. It ain't going to happen. Um, well, I think I'm not they're, buying it twice at this point because burned, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. There's people misusing it, maybe, or people exactly. people giving it to their friends and, yeah. you know, let's all chip in and get this game together. That's what, what I meant as far as publishers losing money right. potentially. And, and, that, and that is where, where the problem lies. I mean... It, it, it ruins it for the rest of us when that, that shit happens because you see it all the time on NeoGAF and all the other forums out there, even the PlayStation forums. You know, they've kind of put a stop to it on the PlayStation forums, but uh, the whole game-sharing concept where we all chip in and you know, none of us pays full price for the game. I mean, that, hurts. that does hurt the developers, and I understand that. But there is some legitimate use of it over two PS3s. I'm sorry, but it is legitimate. I own three PS3s yeah. myself. And that that bothered me. Reading through a lot of the comments on some of the forums, even the the PlayStation blog, there were a lot of people that were like, "Anybody that's using it on more than one is just a, you know, they're just game sharing and they're they're yeah. doing it with friends and they don't have any legitimate use for anything more than two anyway." Well, f you. I have three PS3s. Yeah. I use all of them. I so have- yeah, I have a legitimate use. I do all my streaming with, with one of the PS3s, and it's up here. If I feel like sitting up here, like if I'm editing the podcast or something, and I'm waiting for everything to, uh, you know, to process, I'll throw the PS3 on and start playing. If I'm downstairs, that's on the 3D TV and everything else. The debug is all over the place, and then one of my parents is at my parents. So I legitimately use all of these PS3s. I know it sounds ridiculous, but the debug is the debug. It's there for a specific purpose. And I have a two-story house, so I have a PS3 upstairs and I have a PS3 downstairs. You know, it's, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and whine about it, but it is bullshit. (laughs) Makes you wonder if they could have come up with a different way to do it. 
And, and what kind of, and I don't know if you know, but what kind of authentication is there going to be? Now, obviously, you're, you have two active PS3s or handhelds, yeah. and they, they know, you know, by their system how many you have and how many you've used up. Yeah. If you, like you said, jump through hoops, you can deactivate and sort of, you know, get around it a little bit by putting it on a third, potentially. Is there going to well, be, though, some sort of authentication like there is on the Xbox 360? Now, on the Xbox 360, for those that don't know, if you download a game and purchase it, you can download it to another console. Just, just like this, if you, you want an extra one or whatever. However, there's an authentication that occurs, and if you are not online and they cannot authenticate that it's you and your console, you can't play that game. It's, well, it's, it, won't, it turns into a demo, essentially. Some of the games is, do that now on PSN, though. Really? Uh, the Capcom games, yeah, like Bionic Commando and yeah. Final Fight and uh, Magic oh, that's Sword. Right, yeah. yeah. But that was their... Yeah, and that's like the 24-hour thing, right? Like, no. You can play it once in no. 24 hours, and then you can... You can't even game share it. If you have it on one system, that's it. So obviously Capcom didn't like the five. No. <laughs> but, the, I mean, but their system but, sucks though because you literally have to be online to let it authenticate so but, do you think they're going to have anything like this like that authentication behind the scenes here to, will you be able to legitimately jump through the hoops that, that Josh said or will there be the, an authentication piece that could prevent that no you, you legitimately will because Sony that was in the comments one of the Sony people responded saying you know if you have a third PS3 and you wanted to put it I'm paraphrasing, but they basically said if you had another PS3 in the house, you wanted to put it on that other PS3, deactivate your first system, activate the other system. And then when you're done, deactivate and activate. So you're running around just activating and deactivating things left and right, which is – that's a pain in the ass. So I literally have to turn it on, deactivate it, turn it off, go upstairs – turn that on, activate it, play the game, and remember to deactivate it when I'm done because tomorrow I'm going to be downstairs playing the game. Yeah, and don't I mean, forget to sync all your trophies while you're doing it and uh, exactly. upload your save files. See, uh, it, I mean, it already pisses me off that you can only authorize one PS3 for video. Yeah. sometimes I, I'm up here and I want to watch video up here. It sucks. Yeah. My video is, is, is on my dead PS3. That, so I, my, mine. 60, my 60 gig died. I sent it in. I got a I got a replacement. And I eventually got a new PS3. I've lost that video account. Well, and luckily, tried, hopefully with this app, a couple times. I hope so because I'd like yeah. to buy more content, Sony, from your video store, but I can't. Well, it's like, well, sorry, you're well, you're locked on the other one now. Luckily, you've got the, the way best mine is set up. Everything else now. True. I I had the same thing, and my video account was on the PS3 that died. On the other PS3, I set it to lose account, and then on the replacement PS3, I set it to my mom's account, because I need a video on there, and I'm like, I don't have an account to do this. Oh, well, I'll just use my mom's account. Well, I, you know, you turn on the PS3, and you try to watch something, or you try to download something, and it's like, no, you're not authorized for this. It's authorized on a different account. Then I'm fumbling around trying to figure out which account is tied to which PS3 for video. Right. So I just stopped buying video on there because it's a pain in the ass. That's my next question, too, and and also something the Xbox 360 does. Now, you're talking about the hoops that you could jump through and the whole activate-deactivate thing. I mean, couldn't it come down to, thinking this through, having one game activated here, 
another one there. I mean, is the website that they put together going to have each piece of content and which console it's activated to? Because that's what the 360 does with their licensing right now. They have a website also where you can go in and, and move the licenses from one console to the next. Yeah. But literally, you can see every piece of content and which console it's currently licensed to. Mm. We'll find out. So I don't think so. I mean, if you're jumping back and forth, don't they need to also put something like that in place so you can tell where which is what and what is where? No, I don't think so. I think their their thing is your your PS3 is either activated or it's not. And when it's activated, everything that was bought after November 18th will work on that. So when it's, it's deactivated, or- yeah, it's all or none. I like that. But better. it's it's <laughs> just the stuff after November 18th. It has nothing to do with the stuff previous. Cuz yeah. the stuff previous to that stays exactly as is, which has got to be some spectacular programming <laughs> that I'm <laughs> sure they were thrilled. The programmers were like we have to do what now? <laughs> no, they've already got that licensing built into their system. I mean, you you see a lot of the rental stuff and everything else that has expiry dates. I'm sure there's something in the code for when it's downloaded to two systems, that's it, and it sends a signal back. I'm sure it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, it's just such a pain in the ass for for people like us who have a legitimate use for it. Yeah, you know, it's annoying. It it's is really annoying. annoying. Yeah, basically, yeah, I just won't be loading it. a lot of those games to my parents' P- uh, PS3 anymore. Uh, well, that's that's the gist of it. What kind of sucks too is that you know you you bought a third PS3. I only have two, so it doesn't affect me as much. <laughs> Both of both of what you, are you bought, welfare? Come on. jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I only own two televisions, so that's all I can handle. Uh, <laughs> uh, you bought the third PS3, knowing this. Like you know, I can I can I can play my downloaded games on this thing. I mean that that had to weigh into your purchase decision, and now they've they've taken they've taken that away. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean and to whine about it, but it, anything you know? anytime you take anything away, it's it's. It's going to hit some uh, lukewarm reception. <laughs> Sucks. But that was part of it. And really what it's going to come down to, most likely the, the bedroom one is going to be the odd one out. And that sucks because that's where I am. But that's like at night when I'm about to go to sleep and I'm like, oh, I'll just play a game real quick. Well, usually it's just a quick PSN game. You know? Yeah. But if I can't do that, if I, if I can only have that on two accounts, I'm not going to put it up there. Because in the, if I want to play in the middle of the day, I'm not going upstairs and sitting in the bedroom. That's ridiculous. Well, I, I mean, I just, there there is one silver lining with that, and that that means you just have more hard drive space for porn. <laughs> but that's what the whole networking thing is, and the streaming yeah, video. They'll probably find a way to restrict that later in a while. Too, so. <laughs> it's like a whole dedicated segment of his media server is porn. He doesn't even ha- need to have it on his hard drive. You can only exactly. Stream that's why it was done in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Enough whining. Well, it's a good thorough discussion because I think there's going to be a lot of people out there needing clarification on the subject. Yeah. I'm glad we kind of talked through the ins and outs of the whole thing. It's still but shit. 1118, folks, if you've got three PS3s and you want to share you, between all three, you might want to go buy a bunch of stuff real quick. Yeah, Payday's Friday, so I, think I might have to go on a little uh, yeah. little binge. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm wondering how how many, what what kind of a spike in sales they're seeing right now from people <laughs> like us who are like, oh, fuck. You know, <laughs> it's all the games that you thought about buying. Like, eh, I'll wait till I'll that wait goes for, on I'll sale. Wait for sale eh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really feel like buying that. I'm interested, but I'll wait and whatever. And now you're like, oh, crap. If I'm getting it, I have to get it now. Yeah, watch next week. They'll 
Never mind. We're going back to five. Thanks for the increased sales. <laughs> we had a three hundred percent increase for a while, so that paid some bills. We're good. We no, we no longer have to report to our stockholders that we're not going to make enough money this year. Thank you very much. Well, Sony as a whole has a long way to go. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, this ne- let's uh, we're done. Uh, this next topic, real quick one. Uh, they they've announced the cover athlete for MLB twelve. The show. It is uh, Boston's own Adrian Gonzalez. I think it should have been Ryan Braun. But that's just me, I guess. Oh, please. It should have been Bronny. It should have been. You know, I, I don't think this is the actual cover shot because he doesn't have a beer in his hand. <laughs> Isn't that all the Red Sox were always drinking beer? Pretty it's much, just yeah. when I heard. Just in the dugout. He's actually batting here. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, he's up at bat. Yeah, if it was a shot in the dugout, that would be different. Someone's that's probably sh- keeping his beer cold for him, though, at this moment. That's a huge picture. What is, is it going to come up the sharpshooter? I don't know. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It does. It's a really odd it's it's like one of those big long boxes. I don't know why it's set up like that. That is and, strange. Uh, <laughs> and uh one of the piece of news and this is uh this is the, the you know the, the, the predecessor to my uh prediction actually coming true, but uh they have confirmed that the game is coming out on the Vita the same day. So and and that it will utilize all the core gameplay features found in the PS3. Yeah. So my, my prediction isn't full yet. It, is, it hasn't been fully com- uh, confirmed yet because my prediction was that it's going to have a lot of that stuff where you can save your save file up to the P- Vita 1 and back and forth, and uh, you'll be able to take your road to the show on the road with you, that kind of thing. So, But I still think that's going to happen. I think I know what this cover art is, why it's so big. Yeah. Because it comes with a big plastic bat that you stick the move controller into. <laughs> yeah, but the move support in, in the show is always only going to be home run derby. I mean, they... no, 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 no. This is different. It's got the bat and it's got a plastic glove that you can put the move controller into as well. <laughs> oh, no. God. I, I can't imagine actually, playing a full game with move. I didn't put it in the news, but I, you just reminded me, Josh. Did you see the Bioshock Infinite news about the move controls? Well, 2K era, uh, the developers are denying what? it. Okay. Well, I, he mentioned that they were talking about putting it in at E3, but I didn't know. Did they say no, what no, no. they it's did gonna, with it's it? It's going to have no. move, but the whole rumor was that Sony is creating a customized move controller just for Bioshock Infinite. Oh, jeez. Like, like that styling and everything, but... Uh, oh jeez! Yeah, don't do that to me. The, the developers are <laughs> make sure it's made out of solid gold, so Josh has to buy it for a lot of money. Uh, don't do that to well, me. all the money you're saving with that hybrid, you should be able to afford it right away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so they're they're saying good it's good for gonna you. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. By the way, I got a couple of emails uh, directly saying a Prius really. <laughs> hey. I, I've been driving it for a week, and I'm getting more than 50 miles to the gallon. So, you know, say whatever you want. You, you do know I'm that happy. You, have to, you do know that you have to break in the computer for about three months, and what you're seeing right now isn't accurate, right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually being very serious. No, I know. The numbers you're seeing right now, because it has to, it has to set up a baseline and average everything okay. out, and it takes about three months. It's okay. I'm just letting you know. You'll still get I, good gas mileage, I'm sure. I had a hybrid before, and this one is better than that one. So, well, yeah, that was I also from 1982, and it ran. But I know what I got on the old one. <laughs> it ran on smiles and farts. On I mean, <laughs> dude, that would be sweet. My car would be going fast. It can't run on farts because I'm busy sniffing them. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it smell like uh, French fries, like the biodiesel. 
Anyway, yeah, so uh, pretty cool. Uh, again, I think it should have been Ryan Braun, but there you go. They had a small market guy last time, though. Well, they had a, no. well, they had last two years. Small market. Who was it? It was a. Uh, um, it was that Joe Minnesota Mauer. Twins guy. Mauer, yeah. yeah. Mauer. I can't imagine Will they keep, keep, it, keep it all here in the Midwest, all in the small markets. They got to hit the big guys. Ryan Braun was fighting with Ryan Braun was fighting the whole time for M, for MVP and the, for the batting title the whole year. Yeah. Hey, I I, mean, I'm a huge Ryan Braun fan. I'm not. I'm just saying, you know, Devil's Advocate. They just had Joe Mauer the last two years. The guy like right over this. Right across well, the street, practically. Yeah. Nah, because the should two have been MVPs last pants. year, neither of them should be on a, on a cover of any game because they were both pretty, pretty deviant uh, individuals. The MLB should have been Hunter Pence. Huh? Yeah. Huh? yeah, last year, not not this last season, but the year before when Joe Maurer was on it for a second time. That's pretty much the reason that Maurer was on the on the cover for the second time because the two MVPs, American League and National League, both of them had their demons. Let's just say, so they really weren't. Uh, Really weren't like right for being on a video game cover. In MLB, two K is going to have Justin Verlander. And there's a the Tigers, a pitcher, hey, that, a pitcher. Yeah, well, that's because they they, they push pitching yeah. in that game. Well, yeah, they have that contest every year with the perfect yeah. game and all that. When are they going to stop that shit? People win it on the first day. Apparently not next year, since Justin Verlander's on the cover. <laughs> yeah, Verlander's a beast, no he doubt is. about it. Should have been Axford. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm being a fanboy. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, this last news item just popped up right before we started uh, recording, and it's something that we've talked about quite a bit, wanting it and everything else. Uh, but SCEA has confirmed uh, via IGN and uh, Joystick and everything else that Jack and Dexter HD Collection is a reality. So uh, they don't know what games are going to be on there yet. It doesn't look like Jack X Racing is going to be on there, but uh, it'll probably be the first three Jack and Daxter games. So well, it's listed as the Jack and Daxter Trilogy Edition. Indeed. So that probably is. Now, this makes me say we're one step closer to Ratchet and Clank, and that's all I care about. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I do think we're going to see a Ratchet and Clank collection pretty, like, next year. I really do think. Yeah, why not? They're doing everything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is cool because I've dabbled in Jack and Daxter, but I've never really played through any of them. I, I played the hell out of Daxter itself on the PSP. Which is that was an awesome game. Yeah. It is, yeah. But um the the three original Jack and Daxter games I really didn't do too much with. I was never really that into them, but I have them here. But I'm gonna wait now because having them in H D and Maybe they'll throw in 3D or whatever, but I'm sure they will. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I that I'm excited to play. And actually, I really love the second one. Second one's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, that that was my favorite too. I mean, the way that the graphics are done in these games, it's it's really going to do well when they put it over to uh, high def, like they did with the Sly Collection. I think it's going to be a, a very good transition. I want it. I know that. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. <laughs> it's got a different hat. So, yeah, very cool. So, uh, cool that we, uh, we, we got confirmation of that. I'll have to start bugging some people. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Uh, what we're playing? Ah, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Well, two All weeks right. in a row, and plus I have a short list. I played more Pixel Junk Side Scroller. Nice. And that was a good time. I, last, last episode, I was still towards the end of normal. I, I beat it. 
beat the normal, and then I went on to the hard, and I'm playing some of the hard now, and it's harder. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And apparently after you beat it on hard, there is a brutal mode, which Indeed. I wasn't aware of until recently. Um, I don't really want to spoil anything, so I don't want to talk too much about it, but there's some neat stuff that happens after you beat it on normal. I really am uh, starting to agree with Mr. Dylan Cuthbert on his frustration in that <gasps> review we talked about. I totally because went and looked that up, too. There is some. There are some things that happen there after you beat it on normal that it, it's not like it was... Like that gentleman had stated, it's not just that you're done and you just go back and you start over. No, 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 no. Pay closer attention. There's all sorts of stuff that goes on there, including a you know a little bit of an ending. Yeah. When you play on hard, the game is somewhat tweaked, and I won't spoil it for anybody. But it, it's definitely different after you beat it on normal. So, hmm. um, if anybody's interested in that, we talked about last week how the IGN reviewer uh, it looked pretty much like he only played it on casual and he reviewed the whole game on the casual. Difficulty. Uh, they've actually got screenshots of the reviews and when he went in and changed his review uh, because Dylan Cuthbert is, <laughs> totally busted him, which was just wow. awesome. <laughs> so if you go to the NeoGAF, there's a, uh, a, an official thread for Pixel Junk Side Scroller, and uh, right around the middle, you'll see this whole exchange. They put up screenshots and everything. And uh, yeah, that guy, in my opinion, that guy at IGN shouldn't have a job anymore. He pretty much broke every rule in the book. I would think so, yeah. That would seem like something you would get fired over. But I'm sure he'll stay. So in my my opinion, though, I mean, you're there for a specific job. And, uh, yeah, I I will never trust a review from this person again, if I ever did before. Yeah, I thought long and hard about the whole review process after seeing what went down there. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I don't get paid for this, you know, so... I, my liability is probably different than that guy's. Certainly, if I did that in my job, that yeah, that's that's reprehensible. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different yeah. when you're paid to do it. But I mean, we've always been pretty open. Like if we played on on an easier level or whatever else, we've we've usually been pretty open about that. And I think if he would have just said, you know, I played this on casual, and here's my opinion, he still would have gotten blasted for it because casual is really easy. But I think he just comes off as being incredibly sneaky and. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's very distrustful at that point. So yeah, pretty happy with the grade I gave it. Even after I continued on through it, I gave it nice. an A, and it's it's an it's an awesome game. I know you guys mentioned that last week. Also, check it out, everybody. Yeah, highly recommend it. It's a great great shmup. Ton of fun. And the demo is chasing. coming. Uh, Dylan actually posted that the demo is coming. Uh, they tried to rush it out the door to hit that uh, that sale they were having. Um, Ah shit! What was that sale they just had? The oh the the ten dollars back for sixty bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's why oh, they yeah, pushed yeah. it. Yeah, they pushed it out the door to get it out in the U.S. to to grab onto that sale. It's not even out in Japan anymore. But when the Japan release happens, the demo will come out in, in the other regions. I want to give a shout out to Tim Hitchings who hit me up on Twitter. His PSN name is Thitter. So take away the W in Twitter and change it to an H, and that's his PSN Thitter. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he hit me up and asked if he wanted to do a little score chasing. So I cool. added him to my PSN, and he's one of the few that have, on my friends list at least that have played it all the way through and is working through on hard. So it was nice to add a friend to the list that I could do a little score chasing with. And certainly I'm going back and checking his scores against mine, and I've got some work to do. I've got him beat on a few levels, but I've got some work to do on a few others. I still want to play that this weekend. 
I hope to see you guys on my friends list score chasing in the very near future. Well, I've got a score on the first level. <laughs> I, saw I saw that. I might have a score on the first level. <laughs> I don't know. I played some of the first level, and yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it is. It, in a good way. It's not, not too frustrating. It's hard, but you're, it's rewarding if you stick with it. and Spend a oh, little bit of time. Awesome. It's not I love that, it. Yeah. It's not like we talked about last week, some of those bullet hell shmups where it's just ridiculously hard. <laughs> it's not yeah. like that at all. Yeah. Thank goodness. I also it, played some uh, Super Street Fighter Four. believe it or not. What? The arcade edition. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I don't even know how to say this. <laughs> Basically, my, I've, I've had a little bit of a, a hand issue. <laughs> my, I haven't been able to play a game like that in a long time because I've I had a very bad case of tendonitis. And using an arcade stick that frantically, no, it wasn't happening for me. The controller, not as bad. But now that my hands are feeling better, I, uh, this is a game I've been wanting to play for the longest time and put some time into it. So I pulled out my uh, my TE stick and I played some Super Street Fighter Four. I suck at it because <laughs> I just started, but it's a lot of fun. You know, it's a game I've watched people play a million times over. Yeah, and we've got the uh, I've got the arcade edition of it. So what the hell? Threw it in, played a little bit, had a great time with it. Hopefully, I can play some more. Cool. But I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to be the the new Street Fighter guy or any stretch. I just like just dabbling. House I'm of the Dead Overkill. Extended nice. edition, which I'll be reviewing later. Won't talk about too much here. And I th- think that's about it. Hmm. I played the hell out of Pixel Jug Side Scroller, and uh, after, like I said, I kind of been reflecting on my own personal reviews. So I spent a lot of time on House of the Dead Overkill, <laughs> knowing that I was going to be doing the review this week. I really wanted to to dig in and, and put a lot of time into it. I just feel like that's the the right way to go. Yeah, I'm very careful about that too because I don't ever want to. I'm I'm careful about what I say too. Like I'm I'm going to play as much as I can, and I'm going to write about what I played because I don't want to write something and find out that it's complete BS <laughs> and have somebody <laughs> call me on it. You know, I'm I'm very careful about that. I'm like I'm only talking about what I played, and uh, if I'm not sure about something, I go back into the game and I double check, and I'm like, is that really what I thought I saw there? Okay, that is what happened. All right, that's that's right, and then I'll go back and make sure because that's the last thing I want is for somebody to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've got Uncharted 3 sitting here staring at me. I want to play it so bad, but I just, like, I've got to play more House of the Dead and Pixel Junk Side Scroller. Obviously, I've been playing the crap out of. Awesome. I can't wait to get to Uncharted 3, but, you know, House of the Dead may not be too bad, so stick around. We'll let you know how it is later on. Oh? That's it for me. All right, I'll go. I played on the 360. Uh, What? Yeah. I went in there. I don't know why I turned it on. I forget. <laughs> I had a reason for turning it on. And just for the heck of it, I thought, well, let me play some Pac-Man Championship Edition DX. <laughs> let me see what the scores are. So I made sure I was, like, number one on my friends list for all the five minutes <laughs> for all the boards. <laughs> and one of them, somebody was within a couple hundred thousand. I was like, ah, oh, that won't do. So oh, I played boy. that one. I just played it twice, and the second time I cranked up my score like almost a million more, so I was like, that's good. 
<laughs> stepped aside, and that's that's it. I'm done with that for now. <laughs> I just need to make sure I'm ahead every every once in a while there. So um, yeah, for that game, yeah. And fortunately, Boric's not on my friend's list there, or he hasn't played it on there, <laughs> or there's just no way. <laughs> but... Uh, the then I went back to the PS3. I played the demo for Max and the Magic Marker. I heard Did about you guys this. Try one. this at all? No, Is that yet. the EA one or yeah? No, Max and the Magic Marker. I don't think it's EA. No, I'm trying to remember which one that is. Well, anyway, it's like ahead. a yeah, it's like a ten dollar. I think it's ten dollars. I don't know. I just have the demo. Uh, use the Move controller or the regular controller, um, but you draw stuff. And then you can, like, you draw a little bridge to walk over. Or you oh, okay. draw things like that. Uh, but you can't draw that much. You have only a certain amount of paint that you pick up per level. And then once you use the paint and you're out of paint, well, you're screwed. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was having trouble just getting it to to do exactly what I wanted it to do. And I don't know if it was calibrated wrong. I tried calibrating it a second time. The annoying thing is when you start the game up, you know, it's it's going through its loading screens and everything and and getting the game ready. And then up in the corner, in the PS3 font, like a system message comes up and says... If using the motion controller to calibrate it, go to system settings, settings, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, okay. So while it's loading, I hit the the PlayStation button, go over there, and I go to calibrate the motion controller. And it says, to do this, you must quit the game. Do you want to quit now? (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. Well, no, because they usually have that function built into the game themselves. Well, they do. (laughs) Yeah, but the thing is, when you go to the X and B to do the calibration... That actually recalibrates the uh, the sensors inside and everything. It's not just the simple calibration that's in a game. So it's a completely different function. Yeah, but telling you to do that as the game is loading, which basically tells you to get out of the game and do it all over again, that's yeah, that's yeah, bad. It's it's that's shit. just bad. So yeah, I played a couple levels uh, through the demo. It's it's all right. I mean, it's more of a kids' game. It's definitely more of a kids' game. Um, but there's some neat functionality there that's used uh, hmm. with the motion controller and everything, using it as like a paintbrush sort of. But like I said, you only get a limited amount of paint, so you really have to be careful on what you're drawing and where you're drawing it. So, but it's like a puzzle platform type game. So, hmm. it's all right. Cool. It's got a cool little art design. Yeah. It. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Um, scribble knots sort of look to it, kind of sort of. Yeah, it's stick figures though, isn't it? Uh, not quite. I mean, they're they they've got some shape to them and some. It depends on the characters, though. But I don't know. It's it's not one that I that I need to waste uh, three PS3s on. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also did the latest Sonic Generations demo. Anybody? Which is fun. Yeah. Oh, it was really fun. It's <laughs> getting some really good reviews. Oh. It's a very cool, very cool demo. Uh, this one is more of the 
of the 3D behind Sonic uh, mm-hmm. type stuff going on in levels, and it actually works way better than any of the Dreamcast games did. Like well, the Sonic Adventure much. games did. Yeah, that's well, not a... <laughs> uh, that was my problem with the... Like, Sonic Adventure, it was such a pain in the ass to get him going the exact direction you wanted him to, but yeah. it it keeps you on those... It's it's taking, like, the Green Hill Zone and then turning it right around and putting you in a third-person mode in the Green Hill Zone. So you don't have big wandering paths on a beach to wander all over the place. You're running down a narrow path, you know? So there's yeah. not a whole lot of deviation there. And it's it's great. I loved it. So hmm. I actually had a lot of fun with that. Cool. Um put in GT Gran Turismo 5 again and played that for a little bit because uh, my brother was up here and when he played it he went right home and bought it and bought the wheel and <laughs> now he's getting way into it so I figure we'll we'll try to get online and play together sometime uh, but getting those big crazy uh, what lobby are you in? Uh, XVN seven nine eight. Yeah, those codes are still crap. Thirty two. <laughs> I agree. Come on, it's a Japanese developer doing online. We, we, we've yeah. got something pretty special in those conditions. Yeah, got to figure that out. But yeah, I, I up my level. You know, I went up a couple levels. Just played a couple, couple races and everything. I, I just don't play that game enough. I love that game. And I tried Rocket Birds, finally. Yeah. Uh, I like it, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how you go. You're like, oh, this is really cool. Well, And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is really cool. Uh, Yeah. It's it's a really weird game. Yeah, it is. It's very funky, but you can tell it's from an Asian developer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. You really can. Uh, I I was at the... you know, at one point you it's you're walking around platforming and shooting guys and everything, and then all of a sudden you're in a rocket pack and yeah. you're flying through the air, and I'm like, whoa, wait a second, what just happened here? Uh, it's neat. The art style's great, and it's it's just weird. It's just a weird game. <laughs> Fun though. Um, and f- I'm not a hundred percent sure why I did this, but I I think it's because I got that ten dollar credit. You know, on the PSN. Yeah. I was like, I bought that family game night for 10 bucks. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I had actually played the demo of this on the 360, like, years ago. And I was really annoyed by the interface. And it's the exact same game. Yeah. But, but it's got all those board games in there, you know? And it's good for when family is over and things like that. You could just throw that in. You've got... I mean, it's got Connect Four, Battleship, Boggle, uh, Sorry, uh, Yahtzee. I can't mm. remember what else. But I loaded it up. I played Connect Four for a little bit, and I, this was all against the computer. I played Battleship, kicked the computer's ass, and then I started playing Boggle. I got yeah. so bogged down in Boggle. I I played Boggle for like a an hour and a half, two hours straight. I couldn't stop playing it. <laughs> Jeez. It was so stupid. I was like, I can't, why am I so addicted to this? I mean, I played it when I was little, but wow. 
I just couldn't stop playing the stupid game. I'm like, no, I gotta do. I've gotta be able to find more words than that. But the thing is, the words that are in there, I, half of these I've never even heard of these words. They're just insane words. And when right. it gives you a list at the end, like these are all the possible words that you could have had, and I'm like, those aren't even real. What are those? <laughs> so. But I, I don't know. I was I'm very addicted to Boggle. I can't figure that one out. Yeah. Um, but it'll be good for family and stuff like that. So, and it's on three PS3s. That was the whole point. <laughs> Get some mean um, three-player multiplayer Yahtzee going. Exactly. Uh, I also did uh, Spelunker HD. That was one we never really talked about. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. That looks interesting, yeah. though. It is. I. I wanted it way back because of the like the trailer they had. They show the old school graphics on it, and that version is available there as well. But the way they show it off in the trailer, it almost looks like a successor or like it looks like it has that Bagman feel, yeah. which is that old arcade game that I absolutely adore. It It had a lot of that going on. When I played it, it does for the most part but the controls are really twitchy you you jump onto ropes and you literally have to hit the jump button and hit the direction button and then immediately let go because if you don't you're going to jump onto the rope and jump right off the rope and die Hmm. or you're going to fall right off the rope and die it's very the controls almost break the game and make it unplayable uh, especially for, for things like that, for jumping on ropes and things. It's such a pain in the ass. So, yeah, I'm a little annoyed about that, but I did keep playing it because it is fun. It's got some really cool stuff to it. Sure. Otherwise. And it's kind of neat because you can just jump right back and forth between the HD and the original graphics, and it's cool. It's it's actually a neat game. I used to play There's the original all it. the time when I was younger. Yeah. It's cool. Like, you should at least try the demo. I believe there's a demo out of it. But hmm. it's... The the HD looks great. I mean, the things they did with the graphics look awesome. But the controls can be twitchy and, and kind of suck at times. Hmm. Okay. So... Uh, and the only other thing was I did the demo for Medieval Moves. Nice. Yeah. I want to try that. I haven't got around to it yet, though. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You definitely want to use two move controllers. Yes, absolutely. It's really made for two. And it's a fun game. I mean, it's all on rails. This is, you know, we we haven't seen anything but but videos and stuff so far for Star Wars Connect. But uh, this is what Star Wars Connect should have been. Yeah. And it definitely is not. Yeah. I mean, from everything I've seen and, and the demos I've seen of Star Wars Connect Live, it's this is what it should have been. You know, this is on rails. It it walks you into the room. It walks you to certain places. And you're doing all these great moves. But this works. And this yeah. is fun. Star Wars Connect does not work. <laughs> and it's not that, fun from everything I've seen. <laughs> I've heard that Star Wars Connect actually got... Uh, uh, delayed like twice already. I'm I'm sure it has because yeah. I mean you could see it just in the video. It there's nothing fun about it. 
I mean, well, it sounded we were like a great those guys idea. In three try to but, play it, and the camera wouldn't even recognize their moves half the time. Yeah, yeah. So, that's yeah. that's a, such a shame. I still can't believe this that is somebody didn't lock down a Star Wars game for move. It's such a perfect fit. Yeah, that's well. But this is a great game. I mean, to, from the demo, I'm very excited because this is a really, really fun game. Cool. Yeah, I agree. The demo's awesome. And that's it. That's all, all right. I've done. Uh, well, <clears throat> played a ton of Battlefield 3 this week on PC and on PS3. Uh, actually finished the campaign, uh, played a lot of the co-op, almost all the way through the co-op, and a ton of multiplayer. So I'm getting the review together, uh, so I should be doing the one, the one on the podcast next week, and I should have it posted sometime soon. i got to get the Rayman one done and uh, a couple other things done first, So and some Extra Life stuff done. Uh Streamed uh, Odd World Strangers Wrath a couple nights ago out on uh, out on the internets and uh, had a blast with it. Uh, you know the version that we have on the on the debug right here is is kind of an older build and it's a little buggy, uh, so we we're having a couple problems with that. But with the help of some of the people viewing it on our Twitch TV uh, page, got through a lot of the stuff and I think I probably played about an hour and a half. Uh, it actually saved a video up on our Twitch page. So if you want to go check that out, I mean, it's not super HD when you blow it up to full screen, but it looks really good. Uh, all you have to do is go over to twitch.tv slash psnation, and you'll see the video. The first one up there is is the session that I had uh, when I was playing it online here. <clears throat> um, that game is still, it, it's such a blast, because you actually have to search around and everything. It's not all spoon-fed to you, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then... Unfortunately, because uh, I'm on the review list for this one, GoldenEye 007 Reloaded. This is the uh, the game that came over to the Wii originally. Unfortunately. <laughs> it, I mean, it's not as bad as people are letting on. Seriously, but so far, and I've only gotten... Th- it, this doesn't really follow the GoldenEye game from the 64 exactly. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff in it, but... You need the cardboard. I, I got, what's that? said so you need the cardboard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not playing four-player, though. Uh, I'm playing through the story. It's still weird that Pierce Brosnan's not there and it's Daniel Craig. I just, that's so weird. Uh, but I'm playing a little bit of it. I mean, it looks better than I thought it was going to look. It's it's actually a little more unique because it's not a total stealth game, but it's not a real, it's not a, you know, run and blast away shooter. It's kind of this weird hybrid, and, and it's definitely got that design that they had in uh, the original, but... You know, there's a lot of canned stuff in it, et cetera, et cetera. The game looks pretty good. Some of it looks kind of junky, but the, yeah. the lighting's really good and everything. It looks like late-gen PS2 game to me. No, it looks better from than that. From everything I've seen. No, it looks better than that. Hmm. Uh, it, it, I mean, the lighting is really good and everything, and it, it has move support, which is I haven't tried yet, but uh, it has move support, so I'm going to try that. Uh, I, I don't know. I really don't know a lot about it yet. I haven't even played it online yet. You have to put a freaking online pass on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's when you need an online pass. Wow. Um, Played a couple of hours of Assassin's Creed Revelations, but I can't really talk about it. It's embargoed until the 14th. Uh, Also played some Rayman Origins. Not a lot of it yet, but uh, wow, is it gorgeous. Uh, but again, it is, I can't, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't really played enough to talk about it, but I, I think I see what you're talking about with the Super Mario Brothers Wii. Uh, yeah. but I'm, I, I'm not playing it in four player; I'm just playing it single player. But it's really funny. This game, I was always mad when they took Rayman to 3D. I just never thought it worked in 3D, and because I, I love the Jaguar game, 
Uh, it's all they remade the Jaguar game on the PlayStation, and it's actually downloadable. You can get it for like it's like six bucks, I think, on the PSN. Uh, the PlayStation One version of Rayman is is yeah, the Jaguar game. It is the Jaguar One. I th- always thought looked better. I, I just think it had a lot cleaner color and everything else, but the sound on the PS One was a lot better. Uh, bringing it back to its roots and being a two, uh, you know, full two D game. I'm really happy about it, and I really I want to put a lot of time into this this weekend so I can get the the review up. But uh, this just showed up yesterday, so I really haven't had a lot of time to play it. Um, and then showed up today actually, uh, Modern Warfare Three. So I played three matches online, uh, and they actually sent the freaking hardened edition because they want us to uh, get into that elite service and to be able to talk about that as well. Uh, which I would talk about, except the website's down still, because they've been having a ton of problems with it, because uh, too many people hit it at once. So I can't talk anything about Elite. I have no idea what it does or anything else. Uh, there's a couple DLC packs in there as well for like a, an animated or a dynamic theme, and then uh, there's some special, I don't know, like socks you can get or something. I don't know. Uh, I'll be honest, my, my first impression, you know, three matches in, it's more of the same. It really is. It's I do like the fact that they give you a... a a more specialized loadout when you first start up. Uh, it, it, it doesn't seem underpowered, but obviously, you know, I got to learn the maps and everything else. And <clears throat> I haven't even touched a single player yet. I, like I said, it showed up tonight right before we recorded, but the matchmaking was a little screwed up tonight. It took me about five times just to get into a room that worked. Uh, I think the game looks good. I mean, it's the same engine that they've been using for years since, since Modern Warfare, the first one. I don't know. There's not much more I can say. I'll, I'll, I'll put some time into it this weekend if I can p- peel myself away from Battlefield 3. Uh, and then I watched a couple things that we have to talk about. So the first one, it's up on Netflix, and I had heard about it, but uh, the King of Fighters movie. There's like two people in it you're going to recognize. Other than that, you're not going to know anybody in this. Everybody kept saying on Twitter, because I said, you know, pray for me, I'm going to go watch this movie, uh, that it was worse than the Chun Li movie with uh, the chick from from Smallville. Oh, how's that possible? It's not. This is actually a better movie than that. Okay. <laughs> not much better, but it's shot better. It's actually a better script, I guess. I mean, it, it's you're getting thrown all over the place, and and you're just trying to follow what the hell's going on with the Kudur, or Kudaragi clan, or not Kudaragi. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Kusanagi clan and all this other bullshit, and uh, but like Ray Park is in it, you know, who played uh, uh, Darth Maul, obviously, and some other characters that you might have seen. And uh, he doesn't really. There's not a lot of fighting. It's just like regular fighting, and then they use all these special powers and everything. Like, uh, how about the fighting? So somebody asked me if it's better than the Tekken movie. I haven't seen the Tekken movie yet, though. I, I was waiting for that to come to Netflix as well, but. It shot well. I mean, the, the the film stock and everything they use, or the di- the digital, whatever they're using, it looks good. I mean, it, it's actually pretty cool. But uh, it's not a movie I'd watch again. It's not a movie I'd buy either. Uh, but Maggie Q's in it, so there you go. And she dresses kind of horish after a while. I like Maggie Q. I think she's cute. Okay, she's hot. But anyway, yeah. So I don't know. It, it, it was interesting, uh, but then last night I uh, I just had to do this. I, I've been meaning to watch this again for a long time, and uh, Netflix, thank God, has it. Uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village, uh, just a fantastic movie, especially for how many problems they had just trying to get it made. But Eric Roberts uh, is is so superb in this movie, and by the end of the movie, you want to slap him yourself. 
Uh, but a lot of big names. This one, you're gonna, you're if you watch it, you're gonna recognize pretty much everybody in it. Uh, a very, very, very hot Daryl Hannah, uh, and my oh my! And I, I knew I was gonna forget his name by the time we got here. But the guy that was in the wrestler and Iron Man two and um, oh crap, can't think of his name. Uh, but he's awesome in it too. And it, overall, I mean, <laughs> what? <clears throat> I can't remember his name. I'm just bad with names. Letting you twist in the wind. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <clears throat> the thing about it is, it, it's it's the dumb cousin that Eric Roberts plays, <clears throat> always trying to scheme something up, and this guy just keeps going along with it. And ugh. sorry, I was losing my voice there. So he, he he keeps going along with all these schemes, and it always screws him, and it just keeps building and building and building. But uh, really kick-ass ending, great story. There's some scenes that you just kind of want to slap somebody, but uh, Geraldine Page actually is in it for about six minutes, and she got an Oscar for it. Uh, it it's a really well-done movie, and, and I, I definitely hope that some people would go out and watch it. And that's about it. I mean, uh, it was a lot of Battlefield this week and uh, just some other stuff and trying to get some Extra Life stuff done. So, uh, yeah, I know I haven't got the... Uh, the winner's list up yet. It's almost done. I had a couple problems with uh, a couple of them, so trying to get that taken care of, and that should be up Saturday, I hope. And, uh, yeah, had to do some stuff around the house, because, like, it snowed like crazy today. We got, like, eight inches of slush, so had to work on the snowblower and everything. <laughs> Real life got in the way, damn it. Damn it. I know, it Mickey sucks. Rourke is who, <laughs> Mickey Rourke is who you were Mickey Rourke, for, yes. I was thinking Mickey. I had Mickey in my head. I'm like Mickey Rooney. I was thinking D, like a D name for some reason. I'm like, what the Mickey Dolan's? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, let's take our break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to our our good friend Ray and uh, get some first impressions of Skyrim. And then after that, we'll go into the uh, review of House of the Dead Overkill Extended Edition, and we'll talk some other stuff and junk and home and emails and a voicemail and all that cool stuff. So we'll be right back. special guest on the show, our good buddy Ray. Obviously, you guys heard him before when we uh, went down to the Starhawk event, and uh, one of our one of our favorite writers, actually all of our writers are our favorites, uh, but uh, one of our writers for the website as well, and uh, he's here to talk uh, some first impressions of Skyrim, because he already has it. <laughs> Pe- people are bitching That's at right. you right now. 
Yes, and I have received some of that the complaints when I see uh, they see me online playing it. <laughs> Wait, where did you get that? Is that out? <laughs> Can I go pick it up? Yeah, there was this van outside GameStop. I just totally went and took it. <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. But um, yeah, uh, got it yesterday and popped in immediately. Started playing it, and uh, it's everything that I expected from it. I've been playing the Elder Scrolls series since. Uh, the 90s with Arena and uh, he just the lost evolution me. of that series. I lost you? Oh. <laughs> you, did, you just totally lost me. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, no shit. I what? thought Oblivion was the first. What's going on? No. <laughs> Even oh, I knew no, that. No, 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 no. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. I'm joking. No, no. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> no, Arena and uh, my most memorable moment in Arena was walking into a tavern and I mean, this comes from playing Sega Genesis role-playing games and... Uh, I walk into a tavern, walk into a room, and there are two women in leather. One's knelt on the floor, the other one has a whip over her, and these are pixel graphics. And that was that was basically my my new my opening into this kind of a role playing game where anything goes, and you know you have this enormous world. And so, with Oblivion. Um, I got the opportunity to see what it would be like in the next generation, and the only thing is, as we were talking about before, there's a lot of issues with it where you didn't know quite where you were going, and sometimes you'd get lost in the middle of a quest. On top of that, the game had some bugs in it, and I'm happy to report that Skyrim has addressed almost all of those issues, and this is, comes from like playing it for only a couple of hours, but <laughs> already the game feels a lot more tight. Um, the animation as far now now I, there's a little disclaimer I'm playing it on the 360 right now but, <gasps> um, <laughs> but the f- frame rate Quick, holds hang up, up on him uh, the frame rate holds up and those issues that uh, the previous game had where you know you might have a quest but you don't know exactly who you're supposed to talk to um, not only do you see them marked on the actual screen where you're walking you kind of see this little arrow. Uh, embedded into the background, but the maps are a lot easier to read, and the quests are a lot easier to keep track of. There, it's mm. all list based. Uh, if I don't know if, how much you guys played Oblivion, if at all, but about two hours um, on the PC. <laughs> <laughs> but your quests, I mean, there were there was a list of them. You had to make a certain one active. You didn't quite. There was a whole second separate page for which ones were completed. Um, this is all more organized. It it lost the whole look of you know looking at an old map to just plain black background and white text. And what that does is it makes everything a little bit easier to read mm. and keep up with. And the one thing I noticed, which I personally hated in Oblivion, was managing all your crap that you picked off the ground. Yeah, you'd get a sword. You couldn't really tell if it was better. You know, you almost had to kind of like look at all the different numbers. You didn't know whether to sell it, so you'd hold on to it. Before you know, you're like you can't walk because you're you've got so much crap. Well, now the moment you pick up a weapon, you already see the the kind of traditional RPG colors of green if it's better than what you've got, and red if it isn't. Oh, that's cool. And you know you can equip it right there. Every single item in the game has a 3D model to it. So I mean you can rotate it and you know look at it. And, and I mean that's all stuff for just for aesthetics, but. You'll, you'll, you'll know immediately whether you want to keep something or not. And when you go sell it, same thing. It all groups by the things that you have equipped. So you're able to go through the stuff that you don't have equipped and just sell everything. 
Right. Um, this stuff doesn't sound like a big deal because a lot of RPGs that you know we've been playing have that. But for the for the Elder Scrolls series, that type of organization is a huge deal because you don't want to spend an hour rummaging through crap that you're going to sell. You want to go out exploring. So uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of see if you guys have any questions about the game or you want me to just keep going. <laughs> well, let, let's qualify one thing really quick. Is I'm okay. sure as soon as you said you were playing on the 360, everybody freaked out. Or at least I know a couple of people that did. Uh, the reason he's playing the 360 version is that Bethesda didn't have any uh, copies of the PS3 one to send. So uh, they offered to send him the 360 version so that he could at least get his hands on you know, the gameplay mechanics, the story, that kind of thing. And they are sending him a PS3 version uh, as soon as the one's available so that he can go over the technical details of that console. So it wasn't his choice. Uh, it was actually our choice because we were kind of waiting on a PS3 version, but we wanted to get our hands on it as, as early as we could. So Yeah, <laughs> exactly. As a matter of fact, I, I don't plan on putting up a review until I actually get to play the, the PS3 one because right. that's... Lazy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> um, but, you know, visually, the game... Um, now, I'm talking, of course, to people who have played Morrowind or, or Oblivion. Um, one thing that, you know, initially you start playing the game and you're excited by all the possibilities. You go into a cave, you're like, wow, you know, this, this place looks amazing. About ten caves into the game and you start kind of seeing a pattern that everything kind of looks the same. Um, uh, Skyrim, while I haven't played long enough to, to get to that tenth cave... The design of the levels is—it's a lot more open. You don't have these tunnels that lead to this open cave, cavern, and then into another tunnel. I mean, you get these really cool architectural designs to the to the areas you explore. It feels more random, less you know, purposefully designed to be templated. Um, the same goes for the exterior, but the exterior in Oblivion was actually really nice. Uh, this just. It oozes with the uh, atmosphere. I mean, the sh- everything casts shadows, um, including trees, leaves. I mean, just about everything you see casts a shadow on the ground. And they're good shadows, too. It's not that... Uh, I know that some games with shadows, you tend to either have the real blurry ones. Right. This one, everything... I mean, for, for the type of game that it is, you're getting a lot of stuff that you would only see in games that were more, you know, uh, linear. So little by little, things are being introduced into this series that give it an edge to some of the games that it, your environments are more controlled. Thus, you can actually kind of uh, you can you can set up scenes the way you want to, so they all look really flashy. With a hmm. game like this, it's so open ended. You don't have that level of control because the player can make any decision to go just about anywhere. Well, I don't want to spoil anything in the story, but there's also a few little things that actually bring a cinematic edge to the series that has never been there before. Like I, I, I'm talking maybe like Uncharted light type stuff, where you know you have things like Uncharted, like trains and things, environments, uh, defor- deformation of environments. Well, that kind of stuff happens in this game, and that's really cool because you no longer have that. Well, they can't go too far because this building won't fall on me, sort of thing. Hmm. Um, so you're saying so they have trains really in the game. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. I thought that was more of a medieval thing. Those are trains. No, 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 the... no. They're pulled by dragons. No. Ah, it's no, subways. I just don't want. I don't want to spoil anything that happens in the game. But uh, it has a very cool intro. It has a very cool lead-in into the story, and it's 
it's not as safe as the other ones. Whereas in Oblivion, you start off in a dungeon, you escape the dungeon, you're free. This one, it's a little more cinematic, what you're used to seeing in a game like Uncharted or, you know, Killzone, something like that. Your shirts have tucked. So, I got it. (laughs) So, in this one, it starts off with a nerd on the subway dreaming about how he can (laughs) escape the bullies and head off into the caverns and fight the dragons. No, I think you're confused. Boom, he's there. That was actually your ride to work this morning. Don't get that confused. And then he rolls rolls a 20-sided die to see if he can actually go into his dream or not. (laughs) <laughs> and somebody hands him a controller and, and a television, then he's warped in. <laughs> no, but the I'll secret use word my is, plus one Excelsior! <laughs> so, uh... You know Ray's a vet of the show if he can play along with this. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Well, I Ray. was, gonna, I was go, about to go into taboo territory and said it reminds me of the old uh, Nintendo uh, Power TV show where he gets sucked into their oh world. Oh, my that's God. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> what playing this game feels like. Wow. Huh. Now, right. uh, the conversation trees in this also feel a little bit better. Um, the the characters, the lip movement is really, it's, it's very nice. The character models look really awesome, especially compared to, you know, every, every Elder Scroll game has improved, so it was kind of expected. But uh, the lip syncing, the, the eye movement, all that stuff looks great. It just puts you into the world even more. But another thing that... Uh, is interesting is the voice actors, they don't all sound like the same guy. That's good. Um, <laughs> they don't all sound Oblivion. like Patrick Stewart? Damn it! <laughs> Patrick Stewart and Linda Carter. Exactly. Um, so, uh, <laughs> not, I can't say the, the exact number, but I think, uh, I think Oblivion had just a handful of actors, and this game has, like, I want to say, like, 50 to 70 wow. different people playing different voices. So, yeah, mm. you don't hear Wonder Woman in every house. Um, Damn it! And Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no, but uh, <laughs> but this is definitely a plus for the series. It's nice to and hear they've actually up up the characters a little bit because in three or four, excuse me, four, right? The last one, Oblivion, Oblivion, yeah, Oblivion. Yeah, yeah, their their faces were just horrible, just so yeah, you know the the lip movement and they looked like you're talking to cardboard cutouts. Half well, the and they time. never blinked. It, yeah, and it took you way out of the gameplay, at least in my opinion. No, 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 they did. And uh, even if the character models are be- are really nice, my Dark Elf always looks like he's been through hell and back. <laughs> I, I cannot... I mean, that's the character class I've always played. And uh, insert nerd voice. That's my char- favorite character class. <laughs> I was actually LARPing the, dark. the same thing about three months ago. I can see in the dark and shoot my bow <laughs> to unsuspecting enemies. But uh, yeah, then no matter what, my character always looks like crap, and I'm just gonna have to face that that oh, dark elves in this world are just ugly. Um, but the character models do look good, and as a matter of fact, uh, the loading screens in this game are probably some of the coolest I've ever seen in the series, if not other games in general. Um, they show you high resolution uh, HD models of all the all the you know models within the game. You can rotate them and scale them while the next level is loading. And uh, they show some really cool, like, enemies and, and character models and even some chickens. Ooh, chickens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, chickens in a coop. I guess they come out later in the game. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> it's like Coop de Ville? What kind of coop? Um, so, I mean, that's about where I'm at. Uh, I've So far, I've, you know, done the first part of the story and then uh, done one quest that took me into a dungeon. No description as to what I'm doing there. Um, 
they the fact that each element is modeled in the game does actually play a really cool part into the puzzles of the game because you can actually refer to a model to help solve a puzzle. And again, you know, for us RPG Tyra folks, Banks, can you help <laughs> me with this puzzle? <laughs> <laughs> can you go into some more detail, Ray? What do you mean I'm by sorry. what do you mean by models? <laughs> Well, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'll just use an example. Um, it's you know, if you if you play a game like Uncharted and you have an item that uh, you know is a part of the puzzle, and it's you know the the developers modeled it, and there's like an element in that item that you kind of rotate. You know, uh, Nathan Drake oh, okay. refers to his book. Yeah. And in his book, you see like little diagrams and stuff. Well, whereas before the puzzles in um, Oblivion were just pull this lever, you know, find this switch. There's actually puzzle elements in the models that you you can rotate and look, and you know you might get a clue that says the answer is in the talisman, and you know you can look at the model and say, oh look, there are engravings in there, and they mean something, and apply them to the actual solution of the puzzle, oh. which you know again it it just it it brings everything together in the world where I, I think you were right in what we were talking about before. I mean, as much of a fan as I am of the series. Things did feel very cardboard-like in the other world. It was nice that there was this huge open world to play in, but when you really got down to the meat of it, there wasn't substance. And this game feels, in this early stage, it feels like there's substance. I want the quest to keep going. I want to actually try to solve the main story. Whereas I got distracted so easily in Oblivion because I didn't really care too much about what was going on in the story. Um, which, you know, that may differ for, you know, everyone. I know a couple of people that completed the game, but I've always seen this series as being about the journey, not about, you know, the ending or seeing how it ends because there's so much to do in it. Wow, it's wow. so zen of you. <laughs> I just uh, I just read somewhere, I don't know where I saw this this afternoon, that uh, the way it was designed, it's got unlimited quest potential, which doesn't yeah. say a lot. Yeah, well, no, uh, Pete, Pete Hines was talking about how they have a procedural system in it that will essentially create quests for you, like, all the time. It just sets up, like, random quests for you. I'm just wondering if the very, very cookie cutter where after about the 20th one, you're like, okay, this has turned into Resistance 2 co-op. Give me That's a glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> no, give That's me a cookie. That's what I'm thinking. The only thing I have hope for is um, with Oblivion they released the uh, the Isles uh, expansion. Yeah. And for 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 the price that expansion was amazing. I mean it was an entire different island. I mean entire different design. Everything looked different. There was a really funny like you know main character to it. And and uh, if they can do stuff like that, they can keep this engine and this this core going for a really long time. Hmm. So, so yeah, um, cool. see what else haven't I talked about? Oh, okay, this, this is pretty important. Uh, the Oblivion, you played in first-person mode. I tried to go into third-person mode because I just like seeing my character, but you really didn't last that long because it just looked horrible. The animation looked atrocious, and when you were trying to aim your bow, you couldn't see because your character was in the way. <laughs> um, completely, completely revamped in Skyrim. Not only does the animation when he's slicing and dicing look really, really cool, but the sound effects when they connect, when your sword connects, actually, again, it's not going to compete with something like Arkham Asylum, or but it's still very good for the type of game it is. Um, it also cuts to little 
you know, mini quick time event sort of cinematics where you might stab the guy or slice him across the face or, you know, just to add a little bit more dynamic to the, to the fighting. Um, same thing when you're sneaking around, the animation really like lends itself to it to where it's kind of like a, what's his face from, uh, Assassin's Creed. You know, it has a lot. There you go. Isn't it? It's Ezio and the other guy. Uh, um, I should know this. I just played the new one last night. Um, I always say the other guy's name because I forget about uh, it. Defazio? Defazio. <laughs> no, Richard Grieco. <laughs> um, Shit, what is yeah, the other guy's name? <laughs> he's the one I always call him. I, I always Damn forget. It. Everybody corrects me because people walk around in costumes. It's like, hey, it's... um. They're like, no. No, Alucard's the other vampire hunter dude. <clears throat> Fuck. I've never played the game. It was a good, it was a good guess. Uh, Al- I'll remember no, it after we're done. Alucard is close, though. Mm. Kratos? Um, there you go. It's Kratos. And he's really, really pissed. And he sneaks around. <laughs> um, no, but the, the third-person mode in this game is a lot more playable. And for anyone who was curious about it and... and you can play the entire game like that, and I'd say the only times where I might have switched to first person is when I was trying to really look at a puzzle on the wall, um, and I wanted a close-up of it. But uh, fighting is done very well, archery, is, you know, sniping is done very well on it, and uh, and it just looks nice. Where you know when you jumped in Oblivion, the character would kind of float. This one has a little bit more weight to it. So, hmm. uh, so yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Uh, I don't want to go any further because, I mean, I haven't gotten any further. Yeah. So, I mean, visually you said that, it, I mean, it, how how big of a jump from Oblivion to now are the visuals? Is is it just kind of a minor upgrade? You talked about the shadows and everything, but is it like a really big step forward, do you think? Uh, yeah. How, how sh- Okay, when I initially saw the opening... It's almost like I was a little disappointed because it, everything was very bright and stark. Um, but as soon as like evening started rolling in and the different colors of the you know the lighting came in, that wow! I just completely changed my opinion of it. Hmm. It's it's a lot. The, I think the environments are more lush, more random. Um, you saw a lot of tiling in Oblivion, um, mainly because I mean you do see a little bit of that here. But okay. also, again, the architecture isn't as, um, I don't know, I don't want to use the word random again to describe it, but it just feels more organic. It doesn't, I sound like a hippie now. It feels more organic. <laughs> it, it it seems like the world was created and, you know, kind of fell apart a little versus just everything's just, you know, nice and neat. And, I mean, I'm not trying to diss Oblivion because when I played it originally, you know, it felt like that. It felt amazing, and you know, this yeah. huge, colorful world where what you could see in the background you can approach. But you notice the difference in Oblivion when you start playing Skyrim because you see the improvement. So I mm. wouldn't say it's a drastic improvement, but you, it, it's definitely there. You'll notice it immediately. And the other thing is, of course, that what you're seeing, um, as far as at least on the 360, I mean, it's a smooth frame rate. I mean, you don't. I, I hardly have seen any hiccups. Cool. Or, you know, like, and, you know, this is when I'm getting attacked by multiple enemies at the same time. And that's a big deal because, you know, sometimes you want to play with your bow and arrow or your crossbow, and you really can't do that if this, this frame rate's stuttering. Hmm. How is, the, how is the, draw, the draw distance or draw in and, like, the textures and stuff like that? Because I know the, 
the last game had really struggled with that, especially the 360 version at launch. That was ugly. Like, you'd walk over a, a hill, and all of a sudden you'd see all the bushes drying. <laughs> yeah, you do, do see a little bit of that, but um, it's... I mean, it's... I haven't explored enough of the environment. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is most of the environments I've explored at where I'm at now, um, it's still kind of enclosed. You know, mountain ranges are, are right in front of my face, so I'm not really seeing... Like, there's a part in Oblivion where you could literally climb the highest peak and see the entire world from up there. Right. And I haven't reached that point in Skyrim yet. But, I mean, I have been up on a certain peak where I could see the lakes down, and, and you know, you see the LOD, you know, you just see texture like bland textures and then as you get closer it draws in but it wasn't as evident as it was in oblivion and it's been a while since i played the 360 oblivion because as soon as i got the ps3 one i sold the other one but um but it's it is it's there it's just not as bad good Um, cool the i guess i could talk a little about the dialogue um sure when you walk into a town uh the people that are in the background talking uh, they experimented in Oblivion where, you know, they have their own conversations, but sometimes it was kind of laughable where it'd be like, you know, someone, you hear them, you kind of eavesdrop and you'd be like, hey, what are you doing? There's a monster out there. Okay, I'll see you later. And, you know, it just seemed kind of comedic <laughs> that their conversations were obviously, they kind of randomized them. Well, these guys talk to each other and um, it's really neat because you'll, you'll hear their conversation. You almost want to listen in where it's like, oh, and there's children too. There's, there wasn't children in the other one. So, you know, I heard a mom getting after her kid because he wanted to go out and, and you know, she's like, no, you can't go out there. There's creatures out there. Ah, oh, but mom, you never let me go out. I mean, get inside the house now. And, you know, I looked over there and there was a kid standing next to his mom. So there, the dialogue between characters, again, just another step to make it more, you know, to engulf you in this huge world to where, yeah, it's still a video game, but the more they put into it the more you feel like you know you're in this living breathing world hmm. <laughs> so i says to mabel i says <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool. speaking of which uh yeah the taverns they have a you know bard singing a song and i actually stuck around to hear the lyrics and uh, i thought it was kind of funny that i went to you know sleep in the game and when i woke up he was continuing a song where he left off but you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He waited Second verse, just same for as me. the first. Yeah. <laughs> that was just a coincidence. That's because it was your birthday. Because it was your birthday yesterday, right? <laughs> it was my birthday yesterday. Well, happy birthday! I'll have that memorized sometime. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a text message at work. Uh, Skyrim just got here. And it's your birthday. <laughs> and you're sitting here, oh, I can't leave. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, that was definitely a pleasant surprise. And it's definitely one of my you know, more anticipated games this year. And it's so far, it's really lived up to it. I, don't know, I can't wait to see where it goes from here. The different environments that I've seen in the trailer. And uh, what... Uh, Again, what happens after you go to your, you know, 15th cave? Is it still going to feel this is it going to feel new or is it going to feel the same again? Right. I've heard that they worked on that, but we'll we'll see. Cool. All right. Well, uh keep working hard on it and uh yeah, I just said hard on. Uh and then when you're done, we'll uh we'll we'll try to get you back on the show to review it on here as well. Cool. 
Awesome. Because we don't talk RPGs enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is an RPG, though, that has the crossover potential. I'm anxious to hear more. Such a it neat, does. Such a neat world, and there's so much going on. You know, it's fun to just walk around and screw around in that game, unlike other RPGs where you've got... You've got things to do. You've got grinding to, to get at. You know, this is like just get in there, walk around, look at the environments, check out the cardboard cutouts, which apparently now aren't, isn't, which is nice. Yeah, you have to kill I mean, 200 million ants and you'll be leveled up. And that, that is one thing, I mean, I'll, I'll mention again, is, is the menu system, the inventory system, the map system. It is, I'm going to just throw like 90% improved over the last game. There is no more pages and pages of crap it's four arrows pointing to items magic map and uh and i think status and that's it and when you go into there it's just a list view so anybody who's been intimidated by the previous games and are curious about this one it's it's more streamlined it's not it's not an annoying thing where you have to just feel like you're going through chores just to look into your inventory yeah um and you know there's always something to do you can I, just go crazy into a town and kill everyone. <laughs> well, I saw some video of that interface, and, and I, I totally agree. It looks like they really consoleized it, I guess you'd say, uh, to make it much easier to navigate around with the controller. So, yeah, yeah, it looks. But you that's that's another game that I would just love to sit and watch somebody else play it for hours. I could easily do that, but playing it, uh, not me. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, but yeah, again, it's just it's been really enjoyable. Can't wait to play it some more tonight and this weekend nice for a long time after well just get the review done before the starhawk beta starts so we can play together ah uh, yes <laughs> that's oh, yeah. a long way off though <laughs> yeah no i plan on having something next week i just really oh, cool. want to give the the ps3 version a run yeah awesome man well thanks for joining us tonight thank you uh now we'll let you go so you can go play it i know we're, we're keeping you from it <laughs> i gotta beat uncharted first uh, yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will. Uh, we'll talk to you very soon. And uh, enjoy Skyrim. Cool. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks very much, Ray. Uh, as always, it's always a blast to have you on here. So, uh, like we said, hopefully we'll get Ray back on if he's got time to uh, actually do the review of Skyrim on, right here on the show. But he'll be writing one as well. Uh, before we get to the review, uh, during the break, we actually decided because we're running pretty long. Uh, we're going to do kind of a, a a little feature next week in lieu of emails and voicemails and stuff like that, uh, all on the new PlayStation Home redesign. So we all did go in and check it out finally, but uh, this gives us a little more time to look at specific things and also just gives us some time to uh, talk about it and everything else because we actually got started late because of all the snow and everything here, so it's it's pretty late for all of us right now as well. So we'll do the, the, the PlayStation Home redesign thing next week as a feature. So that should work out pretty well. But since we're you know recording the show now, I guess we should do some stuff, and that means that Joel gets to review House of the Dead Overkill, the extended edition. Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead, then. All right. And that's all enthusiasm. I was like relishing in my yeah. And everyone else can do the, that over and over. House of the Dead. This is a light gun game. So those that remember, geez, it's like, I feel like I should change the way I approach these things and just assume that everybody knows what the hell a light gun game is, right? Everybody knows what a light gun game is. <laughs> Operation Wolf. Expl- Thank you. 
House of the Dead, all the other House of the Dead. Uh, there's that Terminator Salvation game out where you yeah, point the, the gun shoot. at the screen and shoot. Time Crisis, Silent Scope. <laughs> there's been a ton of them over the years. This is using the Move controller on the PS3. This is a game that came out on the Wii a couple years ago. And it's the first time it's actually made its way over to HD consoles. And it's on the PS3 exclusively, at least at this point. And this is House of the Dead Overkill Extended Cuts from Sega and Headstrong Games. And basically it takes the Wii game and expands upon it and expands upon it a hell of a lot more than I ever expected. So I had to spend quite a bit of time on a game that I already played before. I thought this review would be a breeze. I'm just going to sit down. <laughs> I, played, I played this game three times. You know, I'm going to sit down and play through the PS3 version, compare, contrast, boom. No, 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 no. They have just jam-packed this title with a bunch of stuff. So I'll, I'll spend more, most of the time talking about that and the difference between the two. But House of the Dead Overkill, it, it, with, with it being a light gun game, has that whole fixed camera thing. It's taking you through levels, and you're shooting a bunch of stuff. Uh, they look like zombies, but they're really mutants. But for all intents and purposes, you're basically shooting zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they're mutants, but it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, this game is very campy. It is like a grindhouse film in style. So it's got the the funny, campy dialogue. It's gory as all get up. And it it just really kind of harkens back to some of those grindhouse films of the 70s, both in dialogue and in style. And I really, really like that about this this game, especially considering the franchise that is The House of the Dead. Now, The House of the Dead has been around for quite a few years. And this entry in the series is really taking the series in a different direction. The the prior ver- the prior games in the series were very Japanese in nature. Yeah. So when they uh, when they cut them over to the U.S., boy were the storylines goofy as crap, you know. And some of the dialogue just didn't cut over very well. It, but it actually made it kind of fun, you know. Part of the fun with House of the Dead Two, I didn't I did not like House of the Dead Three. House of the Dead Two was my last favorite House of the Dead, but it, it was just humorous to play through it because the the dialogue was in translation very funny <laughs> it didn't make a whole lot of sense but what i love about this game is it's it's an american dev not that that matters but they're really kind of putting a different focus on it this time while still embracing all the silliness that is house of the dead 2 in those those funny lines so for example in house of the dead 2 there's a character his name is g they're always referring to him sort of humorously throughout the game he is in this game as well but they hearken back to House of the Dead 2, and they sort of tease this guy throughout the game. Now, why do they call you G? Well, I don't know. Because <laughs> you know? they never really explained that in the prior series. So his partner, Washington, starts calling him Agent Gwendolyn after a while and just starts making up like different G names for the guy because the guy never really says what his name is. And that, that is a nod to House of the Dead 2 because in there he's Agent G. And they're, you know, they don't want you to really know anything more than that. So it takes the best of the franchise, pulls it into the new, a new environment, and just kind of adds to it. And in my opinion, this is, this is probably the best House of the Dead game you can get. I agree. Or not. Uh, there, there have been a few out on consoles, not too many. But by far, this is the best console version of House of the Dead. Uh, the two main characters I mentioned, G and Washington, you can play the game cooperatively which is fantastic, locally, or you can play in single player. Um, it's up to four players. I did not try that. I played really? with two players. Yeah, it says one to four. And I noticed that when I was uh, playing through it, that it did have the option to add characters. Huh. 
<laughs> in this in this expanded or the extended edition here, they've actually added a bunch of levels and a bunch of dialogue and plot and um, cutscenes, and they've actually added another character. In the prior version on the Wii, we had the same two, Agent G in Washington, and then they had like the sidekick, and her name is Varla Guns. Oh yeah, but she was she was just part of the story, and this is this huge, like obscenely huge breasted, skinny waist <laughs> character. It's definitely like sex sexploitation sort of character. Yeah, and she's she's her name's Varla Guns, which is funny <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> now they added to this game. They added a, another female character by the name of Candy Striper. Now she is oh. actually um, the bad guys love interest basically for a while but then is part partnering up with varla guns at some points in the story so a couple of the levels they added are with these other two characters which is really neat so you're not only playing through as agent g in washington but there are a couple levels where you play as varla and candy striper which i thought was kind of cool gives you a little bit different dialogue different plot line and they took the main story from the wii version and just added to it and threw in these couple additional levels by adding these characters more so. So they just expanded the story, kind of told you more of the backstory of Varla Guns and this new character. But I really like the fact that they've, they've added not only levels, but new characters as well. Sure. There's a, a ton of collectibles in this game. And this is where they've just added a shit ton of to, the, to, the, to replayability. Uh-oh. House of the Dead. M- mute Josh, mute Josh. <laughs> House, of the, House of the Dead... Uh, using two as an example, which I played mostly on the Dreamcast, had some branching story paths. So depending on what you shoot or who you shoot, will take you a few different directions. But you know, it's a fixed camera, and you're you're just playing through. So re- replay wise, there wasn't a ton of replayability after you beat it. Going back to it, maybe you can branch off to a couple different paths. There's not much more to it than that. This game, they just threw a ton of collectible stuff in it, and it's a lot of shooting little items here and there as you're playing through the story. So, for example, there's gold records on the walls throughout certain scenes or th- certain levels. You shoot one of those, and you unlock a downloadable song that's in the game. Mm. There's stacks of money laying all over the place. You shoot a stack of money, you, 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 you gain that. At the end of the level, you can apply that towards purchasing new weapons, upgrading Ooh. your existing weapons. And those weapons are upgradable quite extensively. You, you can up, upgrade the recoil... The, the ammo, the fire rate, and so on and so forth. It's a lot of upgrades available for each weapon and a lot of additional weapons you can purchase, which is really cool. There's comic book pages throughout the game. So you look real carefully, and you see laying around, inconspicuously mostly, you've got to look really close, comic books. Hmm. Shoot that, and you open up pages of a comic book. And the really neat thing here is that that comic book tells the backstory that leads into this plot. So... Kind of neat wow. to collect those comic book pages because then you can actually go back into your collectible items and read through the, the, the preface or the prelude leading up to this, this plot, which is really kind of cool and just that goes is. to my point that there's a ton of replayability here. I want to read that whole comic book. I want to know the whole preface. So nice. I'm literally going back through over and over again and, and shooting all of those and finding everything. And it's just a ton of re- – and there are so many collectibles. There's no way – that you're going to get them all in the first run. I mean, it's oh, going to take five, that sounds six, like a dare, Josh. seven, eight, nine runs <laughs> <laughs> to get through it all. You son really of a cool. bitch. <laughs> and there's all, all sorts of extra stuff just littered everywhere. Um, 
the boss fights have have improved. In the prior Wii version, they were a little cheap at times and could be frustrating. But they've actually went back and tweaked the boss battles, most of them, to be a little bit more pleasant of an experience and fair, not so cheap, hmm. which I appreciate. And they added some uh, boss attack. So basically, bosses have two meters, an attack meter and a health meter. If they're, in the, if they're attacking you and you, 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 get, you stop their attack, which has different strategies for different bosses, and that leaves them vulnerable to attack. And then you can start to, to chuck down that health meter. Um, if you don't stop their attack, you'll get nailed. You know, you'll lose some of your life, and then you rinse, repeat, hopefully stop their attack next time. You also can just straight up shoot them and decrease their health. But there becomes a strategy in learning how they attack, figuring out how to stop that attack, so you leave them vulnerable so you can shoot them down. And in doing so, it just really makes the boss battles a lot less cheap. In House of the Dead 2, boss battles were super cheap, and they were also quite cheap in the Wii version, where it was just hard uh, inexcusably. Like, it, was, it wasn't like if you're really good at the game, you'll be able to beat those bosses. They would do things that would get you a million times, no matter how good you were at the game. Sure. I don't know how... I know you mentioned previously, Glenn, that there was some some bosses in the Wii version that sort of bugged you a little bit, and I think that's probably what you were talking about, right? Just they, the, they, the they tended there. to cheat a little bit, and, and uh, yeah. A yeah. little bit. Uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were a couple, but it's still a good game. Yeah, I didn't notice it here. That, that used to piss me off a lot with this franchise, because you get good at it, uh, you, you make your way along, and then you get to the boss battle, and you just die, and you die, and you die, and it's just like, what the hell? You know, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm good at this game. Why do I have to get screwed over because of a cheap boss? Right. Uh, in, in this game, your points, if you continue, are cut in half. So the more times you continue within a level, the less points you have. Oh, so wow. a, cheap, a cheap boss in this game would have really pissed me off because hmm. there's, a whole leader, there's a whole leaderboard element now that we're in the online world here with this game. The Wii doesn't have that. But we've got the, the leaderboards, and I don't want to be cheated out of a good score just because some cheap-ass boss at the end of the level is going to screw me over. You work your butt off in a level, you get all the collectibles or a bunch of them, you get your score up, cheap boss enters, boom, takes away half your points, and then another half your points, and you got nothing left. There was only one boss that seemed a little cheap to me, but I, honestly, I think it's because I haven't yet figured out the best strategy to beat that boss. I don't honestly believe it's cheap just in general, because the more yeah. time I spent learning the bosses, the more I could figure out there's the strategy to beat them. Uh, the, the two main characters, Agent G and Samuel Jackson, their dialogue is hilarious. It reminds me very loosely on the two main characters in Pulp Fiction, between Vincent Vega and Samuel L. Jackson's character. Yeah, some of the, definitely. Some of the, yeah, the banter really back and like. forth is very similar to that and very quite humorous. Just their silly discussions. A lot of vulgarity. Uh, Washington's character is just constantly vulgar, just the whole entire time, which is hilarious. And there's a little piece at the end where Agent G pretty much calls him out on it, which is <laughs> just awesome. Uh, but nah, this is a game that if you have kids, you don't let them anywhere near the television when you're playing this game. Or even <laughs> in, in earshot. Yeah. You keep, put them to bed, get a babysitter, take them to grandma's, don't play this game with your kids around. This is like, it's rated M for mature, but if there was a rated X rating for a game, this probably would be teetering on that level. <laughs> it's gory as all get out. You could shoot heads off, shoot arms off. There's cussing and swearing the whole time. Uh, the, the Varla Guns character chest is practically flapping out constantly. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's definitely not something you're going to want to play with the kids around. 
The visuals have made an upgrade from the Wii version. They are in the HD realm now. Uh, that being said, it's not like a complete redux. It's not God of War, you know, where they went back and polished it. We've talked about this before. Right. It's just, it's like taking the, you know, it reminded me of Josh's Daytona review last week, where you take the game, you make it HD, you maybe rough out some of the hard edges a little bit, but for the most part, it looks quite similar. They did that here. You know, it's, it's the Wii game, polished. So you can still sort of tell it's a Wii game or has that graphical look to it. But that's not a bad thing because the game is stylistic. And with the style, the graphics don't detract from that at all. Does it look like, you know, some of the other games out there as far as shooters? No. You know, it's, it looks like an older game. Uh, but the HD upgrade does rough out the edges a little bit and it makes it look a little bit better. It's also in 3D, which I played probably half the game in 3D. Uh, it's It's okay. You know, it's not something I'd recommend, if, you know, as you buy a new 3D TV, you've got to get House of the Dead. Now, this isn't the, uh, the showpiece for 3D, mm-hmm. but it's a nice, a nice addition. What I like about it is it's kind of like Killzone, where it throws your sight in a different dimension on the screen, which made it easier to aim. So when I was playing in 3D, I found it actually easier to hit some of those harder collectible targets, mm-hmm. just because the added, the added layers of depth that were there. Hmm. Beyond, beyond that, it didn't do a whole lot for me. It's not stuff p- pouncing off the screen or anything very often. It's a nice, nice feature, but nothing to get too excited about. I have a zapper. Remember those things? Little, oh yeah, I got the one. little, the little red gun. Yeah, yeah, that thing doesn't work on here at all. Really? <laughs> uh, and the reason being what? is because, I mean, it works, but it's frustrating. You have to uh, to reload your weapon. You can just throw the move controller in the air, like a lot of light gun games. Bring it back down, and you can reload, or you can hit the move button to reload. So no problem there. To change your weapon, however, you have to hit one of the face buttons. Oh, when yeah. You, when you're using the zapper, that's not easy. I mean, then you've got to bring your hand up over to the top, find that face button. Unlike the sharpshooter, which this game was optimized for, has those buttons right on your gun. So yeah. it's a hell of a lot easier to, to change ammo or throw a, a grenade, which is also a face button. So I would not recommend playing this game with the zapper. As a matter of fact, put the zapper away when you pull this game out. Just use a move control <laughs> or a sharpshooter because the zapper is going to frustrate you a little bit. I was even thinking of using that. So, yeah. Good to know. Good to know. To, happy to bring it out. Uh, I mentioned visually it's better. It still looks like an older game. There are some, some things there that uh, don't look too good. Some of the shadows look pretty bad. Uh, they've got, like, I don't even know how to describe it technically... But they, they break up into small pixels, a million little pixels, and they, like, schmear all over the place. Rather than being a regular-looking shadow, it's like a, it, it looks pretty bad. Hmm. And I noticed that in a couple of the cutscenes. I had a cutscene where they had an audio issue or a sync issue where the lips weren't matching the audio. It only happened once. Um, there are points during the gameplay. I, didn't, I don't know if this was in the last version. I didn't notice it in the Wii version. But there are points where they'll throw like a little bit of a cutscene in the middle of a level, just a small little piece of dialogue. But when they do that, they don't let you shoot anything. So you're playing a game where you're shooting everything like a million miles an hour. All of a sudden, you can't shoot. You're like, "What the hell? Why can't I shoot?" Yeah. Oh, they're talking. Well, now I can shoot again. You know, so you're that's kind of frustrating a little bit. You're, you're trying to get a hard, a hard to to grab piece, or a there's a gold record way off in the distance, but all of a sudden you can't shoot because two characters decided to talk real quick. Now they're done talking. Now you can shoot again. Of course, you're sitting there the whole time. Shoot, 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 shoot. Come on, come on, come on. Shoot, 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 shoot. Oh, shut up. Shoot, shoot. Okay, now I got it. <laughs> and that, that was sort of frustrating. I, did, I didn't notice that in the last one. 
Not sure if that was there or not. They added so many cutscenes and so many, so much to the levels that that might be new. Uh, the surround sound and the audio is 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 good. The dialogue is awesome. There's a bunch of original music in here, which is hilarious if you listen to the lyrics. Awesome. <laughs> There's actually a, they they added a, like a heavy metal House of the Dead theme song at the very beginning, which is really cool. So when you when you first fire the game up, wa- watch the opening credits. Okay. They'll show the the, the the title screen, and then they're going to show a gal basically on a pole doing a, a striptease dance. And then they're <laughs> they're showing you all of the credits of the people who made the game. Which I thought was kind of clever, you know, if you're an you know, adolescent boy or something, and you want to watch that scene. Well, you also get to see the credits. Normally, you don't see the credits because you beat the game and you turn that shit off, right? Now they throw it right at the front. But if you sit through that, <laughs> at the very end of it, there's like a heavy metal singer who's like. House of the Dead Overkill. <laughs> the crazy guitar line going. It's awesome. And, and, and all, a lot of the music is like that in the game. Very, very cool stuff. The surround sound is, is great. A lot of the, there's one boss that will, or one character that will throw up on you. <laughs> and you literally hear in the surround sound like, like just uh, encompassed all of the 5.1, which I thought was fabulous. I was playing this game with my wife and, uh, She's a huge House of, the, House of the Dead fan going back many years as well. And she was getting a huge kick out of the surround sound. Like every time something totally disgusting would happen, she's like, that's awesome. <laughs> that, is, that is so cool. <laughs> so the surround sound is superb. That's pretty superb. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I don't know if you guys have any questions. I kind of crammed a bunch of stuff there in a short little interview or review. No, because no, I don't want to ruin it. <clears throat> But they added a couple other things, just a little quick time events sort of kind of thing in there where they uh, will switch over to a target. Looks like a like you're at the carnival and you're trying to hit the hit the sledgehammer against the thing and get the little deal to go up and smash the bell. It's got nice. a target that looks like that that appears on the screen and you hit that and all of a sudden you can go into like some some combat scenes too, which is pretty cool. So it'll hmm. switch between shooting and combat at points, which is different from the last game. But overall I gave it a B. It is the best light gun game by far, so far on the PS3. And if you're a House of the Dead fan, you cannot go wrong with this game. It's awesome. It's a great, great light gun shooter game. Hmm. So if you're a fan of light gun games, highly recommended. If you're not, uh, proceed with caution. <laughs> because light, light gun games are, uh, you know, they're not for everybody. But if you like that sort of thing, this is, this is a great game. It's hilarious. You'll be laughing from start to finish. It's pleasantly priced at 40 bucks, and there are hours and hours and hours of gameplay in this, which is phenomenal. Because typically, House of the Dead, you got about two hours, you're done, and then what? You know, but this yeah. game is going to go on for 10, 15, 20 hours, and then some. The trophies are fabulous. I love the trophies. Normally, I could give a shit about trophies, but the way they set it up, they're really going to keep me playing. I want to hit some of these trophies, because after you beat the game on normal, it opens up director mode, just like they had in the last one. But in director mode, as you're going through the levels, you also have additional challenges. Like, you know, shoot this character within this amount of time, or do this or do that. And it's, there's actually some trophies tied to hitting all of those challenges, which is going to just increase the replayability tenfold. Hmm. And last but not least, there's dual wielding. No way. That is so cool. You've That's to, awesome. You've got to open it up by, by beating a specific challenge. But wow. Nice feature. Never had a dual-wielding House of the Dead game before. That's pretty awesome. Of course, you'll need your two-move controllers to do it. But a nice feature. 
I can't wait. I mean, I really like the Wii version, and uh, now it's it's better in every way, essentially, and, and I already know I'm going to like it. So as long as the game's not broken, there we go. So it sounds pretty badass, in my opinion. Yeah, I wish they would have had, had online co-op in here. That would have been cool. Uh, that is not included. Yeah. It is local co-op. Of course, I think this is a game, though, that playing with a friend locally, is it's, you're going to have a lot of fun laughing and listening to the surround and just... <laughs> the dialogue, like I mentioned, all the it's it's awesome. Yeah. So it, I I don't know if they're promoting, you know, same same couch co op or if it's they just didn't go back and add the the online. But uh, it would have been nice if you you know we could all play it together online. That, that's probably the deal is that because when you add online, especially for with a smaller developer, when you're just kind of remaking something, it adds a lot of cost and a, a lot of time usually. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the reason they did that. They just wanted to kind of. Get this thing out the door and let it start making money. Good point. Yeah. Hopefully they make a sequel. <clears throat> I hope so. I was saying that after I played the, the, the Wii version. It was a slight hit in this game. I hope, I hope it was a hint. I want a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, well, one other review we want to talk about a little bit is... Uh, who wrote this? Ray, right? Yeah, Ray. Yeah. Ray wrote this review out on uh, the website, and it's definitely worth checking out for Skylanders uh, Spyro's Adventure. Uh, obviously, a lot of people might know the Spyro series that was on the PlayStation. Uh, Activision has this game now, and uh, I'll be honest, we kind of skipped this one at E3. Because <laughs> we had too much going on that day. But uh, the review, review is very, very con- concise and uh, really shows you a lot of the, a- the aspects of the game. Indeed, yeah, this is like crack for little kids, right? That's what it sounds so like. You, you buy the little toys from the store, and you can put the little toy with you and pair it with your game, and you can actually load, as you upgrade your characters, load them to the toys, and then take the toys over to your friend's house and put it on their game. And It's also cross-platform, I understand, those toys. So if you yep. have a 360 version and your friend's got the PS3 version, you still can take your toys, um, upgrades and everything, over to that person's house on the other console, put the toy into that game, and it works with that one as well. So... This is that's, like uh, that's what I've heard. kid crack. <laughs> These toys are so, toys are selling like crazy. Got to have like them every all. time. Every time I see them at like Toys R Us or something, there's like you know mad dash people fighting over the damn things. So <laughs> I want it. I want it. I want it. They're doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, like I said, we're gonna hold the home stuff off until next week. So we've got three emails this week, and uh, actually we'll hit the voicemail first because it's really really short. Uh, and it's actually pretty cool. I'm glad he brought this up. So here we go. Yeah, it's Titanic again. I forgot to ask you guys something. Um, I know a while back you guys were wanting pictures of people in your uh, PlayStation Nation T-shirt with their home avatar. I was just curious if anyone ever sent a picture in, because I have to kind of shoot mine over if they hadn't. So thanks, guys. Hell yes, you should send it over. Just we did uh, get one previously yeah i stole that guy a prize (laughs) we probably do because i have a bunch of them here uh yeah send them over podcast to psnation.org send them over and uh show ign that we were actually the first ones in home with a t-shirt i'm never gonna let that go (laughs) i wouldn't either (laughs) uh all right well first email i think this one's aimed at me i would i would assume uh let's see here Hi there all, Payday Review, can't seem to find it on the site or no mention of it in Podcast 240. Uh, He's talking about Payday the Heist. Any review coming, played it a couple of hours, 
Seems to be okay so far. It's no BF3 great podcast. I think he was writing this on his phone. Uh, yeah, I haven't reviewed it yet because I haven't been able to play it with people online yet. Uh, but there is a review coming. I just have to get the time to actually get on with some people. And like I said, I'm hoping to maybe hook up with the game, uh, the PSN stores guys because <clears throat> I know they've been playing it and uh, get some stuff done. Uh, there, there are a lot of people that are really raving about this game uh, in terms of what you're getting for the price. Basically, it's it's six it's six missions set up, and they really throw a lot at you, even on the on the normal difficulty. Uh, there's one where you have to pretty much walk out of this building that you're in and walk through the streets, and all these cops keep showing up, and you have to blast your way through them all and uh, find this guy in a van and try to burn him out of the van. All kinds of cool stuff. But, it, I mean, it, it really, really, really relies on good co-op uh, for you to work with your team and, and talk to your team and everything. Uh, so, I mean, I really like what it is, and I just haven't had time to play with anything except for the AI. So that's why there's no review. It'll come, though. All right, who's taking this next one? Joel has the next one. I think Joel has this one, yeah. <laughs> this is from David Logan. Uh, he says, a couple of years ago I picked up Time Crisis 4, which came with a GunCon light gun, and was just wondering if there are any other good light gun games that have been released for the PS3. Using the GunCon? I don't think so. Is that the only game that supports that currently? On that the was the only game, yeah. <laughs> there and are a bunch of good light gun games, but they're using the Move controllers. Yeah. And the funny so. thing is, it only came with one GunCon, and they never yeah. released a second gun for you to buy. So, we, so I, stupid. I got one, but I had to get it in a really weird way. Somebody actually got a hold of it, I think from Japan or something, and they ended up I, I, they ended up giving it to me because they didn't need it. But it, it's it, it was so weird that you couldn't play this game two player because you couldn't use the old Gun Con from the PS2, and they only packaged it with one, and they never released it as a peripheral, like an you know a second one that you could just buy in the store. It, it was so messed up. Yeah, so if you invested in it, I could see where, not you, but listeners invested in an extra gun or just bought that one, I could see you being slightly disappointed that there's just the one game to play it with. Yeah. Well, no, that was brilliant uh, on the marketing side of things because, exactly, you'd have to buy two (laughs) copies of the game to play two players. And the funny thing is, we were looking for a used copy with a gun just so we could get a second gun for the game. And the weird part about it was... uh, that version, the multiplayer sucked because it it didn't put the screens like just side by side with no empty space. It it kind of scaled them both down and left all this black space. So it was almost impossible to play unless you were on a sixty inch TV. It's really really weird. And then they brought the move version out that time crisis for the move, and that actually fixed a lot of the problems. Plus, you could play it online. So yeah. yeah, if you're looking for a good light gun game, just rewind the podcast about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Might be one there. All right, uh, third one. I guess our resident trophy whore is going to have to read. Josh, who? What? Me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hello there, PS Nation. Considering how much you're talking about trophies lately, it's all Glenn. Here is some info <laughs> about the value of levels. Oh a God. platinum will not make you bounce, Glenn. It's like only worth I don't, the have a, I don't have a platinum. 
it's only worth the same as two gold, six silver, etc. As you can see, after level level twelve, it's a bitch. And he's got—I don't know where he got all these numbers from, but if this is correct, uh, your trophy values. See, this is what I like about this better than the achievement thing on the three sixty. Because there, it's just numbers. It's just straight numbers, and what you see is what you get. And, okay, I'm 9,320, and you're 6,040. Uh, yay. I mean, with this, they did like more of that RPG-type thing, and it's more of a... As you go from level to level, it gets progressively harder to move up to the next level. Which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so bronze is worth 15 points, silver is 30, gold is 90, and platinum is 180. And then for the levels, I'm not going to go through all of them, but, you know, level 1 to level 2, it's 200, level 3 is 600, 1200, 2400. But then when you get up to, like, level 12 and 13, you need to get 8,000 points, basically, yeah. to jump yeah. to the next level. And then beyond that, I think it gets even harder once you get past level twenty. No, unless level it 21 is twenty-one and up is previous it's level still plus the same. 8, yeah. Plus eight thousand. Okay, so it's eight thousand points beyond that. So yeah, it it gets difficult as you go farther on. So you need to play a lot more to to actually jump a level. Um, interesting though. Now I, you I know, didn't know what the breakdown was. Now you can strategize, was. Josh. Now you, you, yeah, you know exactly what you need exactly. to do to go up the next level. Yeah. Got to collect them all. Because I sit around and care about that. Because you just yell out, <laughs> Pika Pika! <laughs> all right. And with that, because we've gone long, let's just end this thing now before we all fall asleep. Uh, a lot you, of different uh, ways you... you... Oh, what? Hold on a second. Do we oh. read the guy's name, the last one? Did it say his name? Oh, sorry. Um... I closed it. <laughs> it's from, uh, he didn't put his name in the email. Oh, wait. Regards, a weekly listener. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's why I didn't read it. Okay, I guess I won't give his name since he chose not to sign it. Yeah, he didn't put his name in here, did he? Okay. Actually, Joel, you had something, right? Yes. I wanted to uh, acknowledge one of our writers, uh, Bill, has been doing some great work for our site for, geez, about a year and a half. <sighs> Has it been our, that long? Yeah, it has been that long. You believe that? Time flies. Yeah, I think he came on, was it April or May of last year, I believe. Wasn't he our first one? Uh, him and, yeah, him and Paul were our two first writers. I don't remember. Yeah. Who's Paul? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. He's dead to me. I don't know that guy. <laughs> well, that's all right. They both left. What the hell? <laughs> well, yeah, he's supposed to be. Bill is, Bill is leaving us, and he's going to be doing some other things, potentially. But He's going to IGN, to, isn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm. In, it's under embargo. What, what he's doing? Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm teasing. He he's made a personal decision to to do some different things, and he's starting a 360 podcast. <laughs> he can. He, his name doesn't start with a J. <laughs> this is true. He's going to have to change his name to something with a J, which I I think he's doing. Jill didn't work, so he had to come up with something more clever. <laughs> But yeah, he's he's done some great great work for us. He uh, did the weekly Blu-ray articles and quite a few reviews. <laughs> Most recently, did Ratchet and Clank all for one. Uh, just has been a, a great contributing member to the site. I just wanted to wish Bill 
luck and success and whatever his next venture may end up being. Yeah. And uh, done a great job. So I'm sure a lot of you have been reading his stuff over the last year and a half on our website. And uh, just wanted to thank Mr. Bill. He's done some great stuff. We really appreciate it. And I'm uh, confident that we'll still see him around. <laughs> Mr. Bill. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and you know, it do, it does really suck. I mean, Bill brought a very unique uh, perspective to a lot of things, and he he always had those ideas, like even doing the stuff on the uh, the on live, and and uh, you know, it was great having a couple of the reviews that he did where he actually got his kids involved, you know, and, and he did the uh, outdoor theater stuff, and uh, really sucks that he's leaving, and and I mean, you know, obviously respect his decision, and uh, he's always welcome back. I mean, loved having him with us, and. Uh, he's going to be missed. Yeah, it sucks because now I have to pick up the slack and do the Blu-ray thing because I'm sure <laughs> nobody else is going to do it. Thanks a lot, Bill. <laughs> Jerk. Uh, no, but yeah, he he actually he brought a lot to the site. He was the one who said, hey, why can't, can we do things like this outdoor theater thing and can we do stuff like that? And he brought some good ideas, you know? Yeah, and it's a shame that that he is leaving us, but... You know, everybody's got their own thing going on, so it's all good. Enjoy yourself at IGN. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Bill. It's, it's been awesome. He'll still be hanging out. He better be. Maybe we'll still see him in our uh, comments on the site. or Maybe he can show still... up at MGC for more than half an hour. <laughs> that might be something. Uh... Ho- hopefully he'll come to MGC. Yeah. Good yeah. guy. Thank you, Bill. Really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. All right, and with that... <sighs> Way to wait until the end to do that. Now we're all down. Thanks, Joel. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm good like that. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, a lot of different ways you can reach us if you so choose. Uh, you can email us at podcast at psnation.org. You can also send your PlayStation Home pictures with you wearing the uh, the shirt. Very easy to do. There's an in-home camera that you can activate, so very easy to do. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail a couple of different ways. If you have Skype, you can just call WDT-Torgo. Or you can call 715-502-9773. Also look for us over at Retroids.com in our awesome podcast network over there. And that's where our official forums actually reside. Uh, You can also look for us on Facebook under PS Nation. Just do a search. Uh, You can look for us on Stitcher, uh, the, the streaming app for all the different devices. Just look in the PlayStation 3 section. You should see us right there. Or if you have an iPod Touch, an iPad, or an iPhone... For 99 cents in the App Store, you can grab the Furious Gamer app uh, with a bunch of different streaming gaming podcasts. allows you to bookmark spots in the, in the podcast. You can also do a search for a specific game, like if you want to do one on House of the Dead Overkill. If there's more than just one podcast talking about that, it'll take you to all of those spots in each one of the podcasts, and you can listen to what everybody's saying about that one game. Uh, also, don't forget our awesome, awesome, awesome sponsor, uh, if you head over to audiblepodcast.com slash psnation, sign up for the 14-day free trial. If you do that, you get a free book out of the deal. They have over 85000 to select from. Most of them are available. There's only a couple that aren't available for whatever reason. Uh, and also, the greatest thing about this is, if you don't like it, for whatever reason, like maybe you decide, you know what, I do like reading. You can cancel the subscription. You get to keep the free book. And if you cancel, it still helps us out. So... Everybody wins, but uh, if you don't like reading, you know, like me, I'm getting old. My eyes are getting a little tired. Audiblepodcast.com slash PSNation, they'll read the book to you. And I think they're going to have an upgrade in a couple of years where they actually feed you grapes and wipe your butt. 
Sweet. They just want to do everything for you. It's awesome. Uh, also, you can check out our merch store over at Zazzle.com slash PSNation. We've got a bunch of hats, T-shirts, uh, hoodies, Christmas ornaments, beer steins, coffee mugs, all kinds of cool shit. And you can uh, you can do whatever you want to these items. You can customize customize most of them. I don't I don't think there's one out there that you can't customize. So very cool. And uh, hit up our our uh, show notes over at the main website at PSNation.org. Uh, we post the show there every week, and if you look at the bottom of the uh, show notes, you'll find uh, the links to It Is Written, who are the awesome band that do all of our uh, our theme music and everything. And uh, those guys kick a lot of ass, so check those guys out on on, on the My Face or the uh, the the Face Space. <laughs> so uh, next week, Battlefield Three review. Who who knows what else we're going to be doing, uh, except for the fact that we're going to be doing that PlayStation Home redesign uh, feature at the end of the show. So. Uh, thanks for sticking with us, guys. You got anything? Nope. Nah. All right, I'm gonna go, three, go play three more matches of Modern Warfare Three tonight. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great one. Get out there, play some games. Bye. People always ask you the big, most common question you get as a comedian. People are like, uh, "What do you do if a joke bombs? What do you do if someone doesn't laugh?" And I'll be honest, man, it doesn't scare us as comics. It's a part of our job. It's totally comfortable. Uh, you know, I mean, if it happens, I tend to just go to the next joke. I mean, there's not a lot of options. I can't, you know, feed you all mescaline and then retell it while tickling you. <laughs> but it doesn't frighten me. The reason it frightens audience members, in theory, is because in your own natural lives, you guys don't have the next joke option. It's much harder to bomb in real life. Like, you ever try to be funny, like, say, around your girlfriend's family or your coworkers, and it gets a zero. I mean, the kind of bomb where they just avoid eye contact with you for a long... You ever try to play it off like you didn't mean it to be funny? You ever have a joke bomb so bad it may have been a serious statement? And you try to get out of it by going, oh, I'm just saying... Like your boss walks in in front of all your coworkers. There's no I in team. You're like, yeah, but there's two in syphilis. I'm just saying. Um, be careful, sir.